masquerading as a man with a reason. My charade is the event of the season. And if I claim to be a wise Hello everybody and welcome back for that very special time of year here at Link to the Cast where we talk Game of the Year. It's a very intimidating show to set out on every single year. Friendships are tested, relationships strained, careers ended in an instant. But I am here, I'm Dave Ryan, your host for these proceedings and I am joined on the line by my usual panel. Uh, firstly, my, my week-to-week co-host, Mark Robinson. Mark, how are you? Are you prepared I mean, to be honest, I'm still bitter about Cuphead not winning from last year, so I mean, <laughs> does it really matter what happens for the next four hours? Often when I spend time with Mark, I hear him mumbling under his breath about that still to this day, so that, yeah, fair I, enough. Is he just like, oh, Mr. King does, man. Mr. King does. It's pretty yeah, much yeah. in my, my sleep, yeah, that happens. I'm happy to be here, I'm happy to be a part of the show, and happy to uh, debate and discuss what has been the best and the worst of the year. Next up... Jack Lazell. Jack, it's been a whole year since the the epic Mario Odyssey versus Breath of the Wild debate last year that ended in a, a hopeless deadlock. How are you feeling heading into this year? Good. I, I like the new concept that we have some something to break the ties because uh, I really wasn't yielding on that position last year and nor I, I still don't think I've changed my mind. <laughs> Again, nor I. <laughs> <laughs> but I did change my mind on Hitman versus Doom because I, yeah. I, I do eventually come around to the fact that Hitman was superior to, to Doom. Damn right. Rounding out the panel, another man who is, I, I believe you, you've been on every single year since we started. This is the fourth time of asking. Uh, Barry Murphy, welcome back to the show. It's good to be here. The lads actually have not let me out since last year. We were going to resolve that deadlock one way or the other. But lads, I, th- I think we'll just have to keep it as a tie. Will we? Will Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, we all good with that? Yeah, I think we're just yeah, going to have to keep it that way. We, we'll allow ourselves out of the fighting pits now. Can I have some water, please? That... <laughs> You'll get uh, nothing and like it. Yeah, no, I'm afraid not. Oh, doesn't grow on trees. Okay, well, before we start things here and get into the first category, I'll kind of run through uh, the the rules of engagement, shall we say. So for every category in Game of the Year, each person here on the panel was allowed 10 nominations per category. With the exception of our Best Game of Not This Year award, the only games that qualify for any category are games that received their full 1.0 release in Europe between the 1st of December last year and the 1st of December this year. Games receiving multiple nominations automatically shortlisted. The remaining slots on the list are then awarded as fairly as possible to passion projects of one of us or uh, objective contenders for that award. At the top of each category, once I've read out the list of nominees, anyone is allowed to throw in a last-minute audible and add a game to the list that didn't initially get nominated or they themselves didn't get to finish by the December 1st deadline for nomination. 
In deciding our winners, we take it in turn to strike a game off the list until we arrive at a winner. Members of the panel can contest a strike by either arguing their case or offering an alternate game to take its place on the chopping block. Uh, once you have failed twice to get a, na- a name struck off the list, you will then pass your turn uh, until the next time around. Uh, because we argue about it so much in 2016, we reserve the right to split best soundtrack category if we're locked between an original composed soundtrack and a curated soundtrack of pre-existing music. In the event of a hopeless deadlock in a category, as we had many times last year, we will turn to the results of our first annual Link to the Cast tiebreaker poll, where the remaining game on our list that received the highest number of votes will be declared the winner. Game of the Year is the only category up for contention of these awards, for which we will only settle on an ordered list of first, second, and third. With that out of the way, gentlemen, I think it's time to stop beating around the bush. Let's get into it. The first couple of awards here are kind of our uh, our look on some of the the more negative aspects of what's been happening in the gaming sphere this year. And and the first is is a doozy as it is every single year, and that is the Konami Corner Award for video game people being trash. The previous winners in this category were in 2015 Konami in general, in 2016 Ocular, Oculus Rift. Palmer is a fascist and the other guy turned out to be a pedophile. And in 2017, Star Wars Battlefront 2 and NeoGAF guy being a creep were tied. Is anyone ever going to beat one's a fascist, one's a pedophile? <laughs> in the all-time awards, I don't uh, see that ever being topped. My, 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 my favourite 1970s sitcom. <laughs> oh, I think I say from the bottom of my heart, I genuinely hope we never have a year where that's beaten handily. Um, and I, I don't think it will be this year, but we've got a we've got a few absolute headers on this list. I'll, I'll go through the list. We've got uh, Boogie Two Nine Eight Eight's outrageous takes, Telltale Games mismanagement leading to studio closure, um, Metal Gear Survive is cynical and terrible, Rockstar's crunch gaff in the lead up to Red Dead Redemption Two, Fallout Seventy Six is broken by even Bethesda standards and the resulting bag debacle, or bag gate, as I've seen it referred to. Uh, Philip Meusen's Dead Cell review is plagiarized. Jessica Price's dismissal from ArenaNet. Sony arrogance around crossplay. The Quiet Man. And the Diablo Immortal announcement. Uh, to get us kicking off here, I'm going to just shoot straight over to Mark. So <clears throat> it's interesting looking at the nominations this year and comparing them against uh, the, the prior winners because you look at the prior winners and besides Konami in general, which I suppose is number one with a bullet because you know this uh, award is in honour of them uh, or dishonour, but the the other two are just number one with the bullets for just the, I mean, as, as Jack pointed out, you can't really top Palmer as a fascist and the other guy's a pedophile. <laughs> with this year, you've got a number of, uh, you've got different variations of awful, uh, which makes this, as awful as it sounds, is actually quite an interesting uh, category uh, and, and makes for uh, what I think is actually going to be quite interesting, uh, trying to decide what we think is actually the most awful of this awful list. Um, I'm going to start, so I'm presuming you want me to just pick one I'm going I'm to take off the list, because I have the one that I'd like to actually talk about. But um, yeah, so we, we, yeah, what we usually do is we'll pick the one you want to strike off the list. Because um, okay. I know the we'll, one we'll I want to talk. talk we'll, we'll talk about what it is, and then either get rid of it, or if someone wants it to stay, we'll we'll keep it. I, I know the one I definitely want to talk about, but we'll get there. Um, I'll start with Metal Gear Survive is cynical and terrible because let's be honest, did anyone here really expect anything less? And Konami already have you know the fucking things named after them, so they don't need <laughs> to win this. 
Yeah, and it's it's like Ooh. it's a bad game and a cynical game. Like I remember when they put Pyramid Head in, I was like, "Oh my god, this is like this is so Konami." But uh, when you look at this field, I I don't know that it that it, that it's um it's up there with some of these uh these charlatans. But uh, certainly worth a mention for sure. I mean, it's just it's it's the old cliche. I mean, they're just taking an old wee on on the grave of Metal Gear. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't think it's a winner at all. I don't um, think it's a winner, but I really need to mention that they were charging $10 for a save slot. I I think that <laughs> is probably one of the more hideous game practices that's been put in this year. I mean, to actually, if you want to have another version of your game, something you used to just plug into a PS1 and do on a memory card, you actually have to give Konami 10 extra dollars after paying for a game that no one's playing anyway. I find it no more or less offensive than using ink ribbons in Resident Evil and not having enough to save. So, sure, I'll spend Yeah, but you didn't have to pay for them. <laughs> they were yeah, you have free. to pay. You have to pay ten shoot dollars for it. Exactly, <laughs> that real is, money. That is, you know what? I actually, I almost admire the sheer brazen balls of them doing that. But that's just me. Mark, yeah. are you turning heel on us? <laughs> no, I just for Konami. No, no, I just if if <laughs> Konami, you're striking us off first, if, guys. If Konami are going to be trash, like I want them to, you know, fully go into it, and they they've just embraced. Uh, being just the fucking worst, and I, I can yeah. almost admire that. I'll, I'll follow along. I'll, I'll agree to strike this off as well uh, on the basis of Mark's initial argument, which was less about let's just watch the whole world burn, <laughs> and more about that. I literally, from the moment Metal Gear Survive was announced to when it came out, I think this has delivered on exactly what I expected it would be. Uh, and if just any... also mentioned that like the best way to kill shit was to build a wall in front of you and hack through the wall. <laughs> Yeah. But here's the thing. <laughs> Could there be more of a Donald Trump metaphor we, in any video game this year? We have two games on this list, or we have two nominations on the on this list, which are based on uh, a game coming out and being just bad for, for various reasons. And of the two that we have on this list, this one is not as bad or as broken, um, whereas the other one is, I, I, I think, just fucking trumps all over Metal Gear Survive in just terms of... Just being a PR disaster, being a disaster as a game, I, I think the other one is, is more catastrophic. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, cool. Right, Metal Gear Survive is off the list. We'll go next to Barry. Uh, yeah, I'll, I might take off something um, that I, I, I put on uh, that I thought was worth a mention, but again, I don't think it's um, uh, in, in the league of some of this other stuff. Uh, I mentioned The Quiet Man. That was one of mine. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really... And it's not even so much to 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 um, talk about how bad that game is necessarily on its own. It's more just uh, another confounding year of, of Square Enix decisions. Um, uh, you know, obviously they had the whole Hitman debacle. They got rid of that. Uh, you know, the, the future of IO looked very uncertain there for a while. Um, uh, their continued Final Fantasy uh, tomfoolery with that, that remake and, and the status of 15 and its DLC and everything. Uh, and just the idea that they, they've you know gotten rid of, of Hitman but in its place they, they inexplicably decided to publish The Quiet Man for reasons unclear to anyone. Um, you know, just a, a, a really a, a, another long-headed year for them, which seems to be a, a very regular occurrence. Not quite on Konami levels, but um, uh, pretty, pretty uh, uh, silly uh, for my money. But I, I don't know that it's uh, 
I don't know that's up there with, with the rest of this stuff, so it, it, it can come up. And it also provided some great video content from you know various publications and whatnot, just mm. discussing what the fuck this thing is. So yeah. my, you know. my favorite thing about The Quiet Man is how it seems to have gotten like more notoriety and publicity and word of mouth based on how bad it was rather than how good it was. But this was a game that kind of... The, the trailer we saw the trailer at like E3 and I was like, okay, that's, that's really strange. I, I don't know what this is going to be. I never really thought about it again. But then as you start listening to, you know, podcasts or the giant bomb night show over E3, everybody's like, no, dude, you got to play it. Like the, the, the quiet man needs to be played to be believed. That's how bad it is. <laughs> and this resulted in like a lot of games media going and getting appointments to go see the quiet man that they had not planned to do just because they the level of badness defied actual description. So that that's very impressive to me to get like a negative word of mouth buzz is very impressive to me. So that's uh, struck off the list. Now yeah. we'll go over to Jack. I just, <clears throat> I'd just like to agree with Barry's sentiments about square, by the way, it's kind of like, you know how um, Amazon are just an awful company and mm. they kind of like really, dodge tax and treat their staff awful but at the same time you still need to buy shit from there sometimes that's kind of how i feel about square enix now where every now and then they do something with a final fantasy game and i'm just like muttering to myself as i put my money on the counter and then take it (laughs) so yeah that's where i am with them and yes the quiet man was shocking i am gonna scratch off now this is and this is people being trash i feel like before maybe a neptitude came into it but i don't think there was necessarily any trash focused in this but it was yeah, one of I, the biggest I, pr gaffes of the year yeah i think we i think we settled after last year it was still down as ineptitude yeah and like a good half of the things we were nominating every year weren't really ineptitude they were more just kind of under a general umbrella term of trash <laughs> yeah yeah and it's a slight change in name this year Okay, so I'm going to strike off the the Diablo Immortal announcement now. Right. By all ends and uh, like all intents and purposes, this is a dumb thing to do. Is to tease that you're going to have the fourth installment of an incredibly popular game, and then deliver an underwhelming mobile, probably filled with microtransactions, piece of shit game to the point where your entire audience just loses it with you. That's really dumb, but there's way worse on here and actually now we look back on it a month or so later it's pretty funny yeah um the one note i had written down for this is that diablo immortal no one came out of this not looking like a dickhead um (laughs) yeah the fans didn't do themselves too many favors did they yeah there was the decision to announce it when they did and even though they tried to kind of uh manage expectations of saying look it's not diablo 4 we're in kind of this space where developers lie so often that a lot of people, no matter what you say to them, aren't going to believe the game isn't going to be there. Um, and then the, the way they announced it and yeah, the, the, the reaction in the room and the, the reaction of the, the poor, poor man sent out to the firing <laughs> squad. <laughs> oh, he, he, he was like, I feel he had so no bad idea him. what to do. Like, he's sort of trying to smile and grimace his way through it, but yeah, he got ripped to shreds. 
if we had some sort of uh, award for just like a hero of the year, that man not immediately running off stage in tears as soon as the room started to turn on him. It def- was like a, it was kind of like, it felt like um, the whole scenario had been penned by Armando Iannucci. <laughs> like somebody had set this guy up like a, there's a Malcolm Tucker like figure somewhere in the company that makes Diablo that had set this guy up to take an absolute lash him from a yep. room full of people it reminded me of the closest to like the, a real life version of that recurring joke in Arrested Development where they go to make a serious presentation it's just a video of George Michael playing with the lightsaber <laughs> yeah or fake block like he goes on yeah, stage fake block. <laughs> and the fake block is actually just well, a block uh, that you hit with a piece of uh, wood and then like yeah the, the fan reaction to it was you know if you look if you want to be upset that it wasn't Diablo 4 that, that's fine you're allowed to be disappointed no one's telling you you can't be disappointed but the just the, the hatred and the vitriol and the threats and the, the threads and the posts and fucking hell like I said no one came out of it not looking like a dickhead but uh there's a much worse example of uh, people bitching about something on here that we'll get to in a minute uh-huh um but yeah i'm quite happy to to get rid of that off the list yeah okay uh now it's up to me for the next one right hmm we're getting down to the real the real juicy ones here um i think for the sake of not that it isn't egregious, not that it isn't awful, um, not that it wasn't stupid, inept, trash, all this sort of stuff, but the fact that I'm looking at everything else on the list here, and I would consider everything to either, in some cases, be slightly worse, or orders of magnitude worse, I'm going to go for Sony's cross-play uh, statements over the year. Yeah. Um and this was the idea that kind of um, Sony, much akin to like the one spoiled kid that doesn't want to share the playground with anybody. And then when everybody comes into the playground, they sit in the corner in a huff. Um, they didn't want cross play. They're the kind of the industry leader at the moment. They don't really they didn't really feel the need to get on the cross play bandwagon. And as the year has gone on, um, more and more people, you know, Nintendo and Microsoft are like, yeah, we're totally open to it. You know, there's the, there was the stuff with Minecraft. The Fortnite stuff is what really pushed this into the kind of into overdrive and has sort of made Sony start to, you know, reconsider their position on this. But uh, it, it definitely was. A... There were some misjudged statements, shall we say, uh, from Sony across uh, the year with regards to crossplay. Has anybody got anything to add into that before I throw it off the list? I, I, I think I think you summed it up. I think it's I think they they're so far ahead that they feel untouchable, which was their downfall in the past. But uh, yeah. and they they've kind of had to eat shit on it a little bit, which is good. Um, the, the funny thing is, they're all powerful at the moment in the console wars. But something that is more all powerful than them is Fortnite. Because that's cross-platform, and everyone plays that. And I don't think if it wasn't for Fortnite, this would be happening right now. I think that is the cornerstone that has, that's changed their mind on and this. One of the the decisions that really like made people super mad was when the the crossplay stuff started happening with Fortnite, and Sony went then and locked down Fortnite accounts on PS4. So if you had a if you had a a Fortnite account that was attached to a PS4, you couldn't play it on any other platform at all. Even if you stopped playing it on PS4, you couldn't take that account over to another platform. Uh, so that made people super mad. Um, yeah. I, I think that um, 
there's just for me there's like a smidgen tiny smidgen and i absolutely agree that um sony's handling of this whole thing has not been great there is a smidgen of of entitlement that um players seem to think that this has to be that the demand you know this should be allowed and certainly don't have to do this and i imagine that it's not exactly just flicking a switch and boom crossplay happens um so I, I think that a lot of this just comes down to Sony's general um, dickheadishness about how they've handled this whole situation. But I think that uh, in the grand scheme of things, like um, if crossplay wasn't a thing, you know, um, your enjoyment of a game is only marginally less just because you can't play with your friend who has it on the Nintendo Switch. It's I don't know. I I find the whole crossplay fit crossplay thing in the grand scheme of things, to not be uh, this massive deal-breaker that some people seem to to claim that it is. Um, I think it's just one of those things where, now there are people, as you say, that are kind of, um, they want things changed, they want them changed now, and they're real mad about it when it isn't. But I also think there's a certain element to which the, the whole barriers being up to cross-play is really of the platform holder's design, and there's no real reason anymore why that should be there except for you know kind of as kind of when i was looking this up and i hadn't i had missed this there was a guy who was a real higher up executive in sony when all this was coming out he had been a higher up executive in sony doesn't work for them anymore and was kind of saying yeah we've been putting out all these external reasons like oh we're doing it for the children it's for their safety uh when actually the sole reason for it was money yeah uh, Um, sure uh, the whole time and I think it, as much as anything else it was the trying to say that they were doing it for one reason when everybody knew the whole time why they were actually doing it and it's one of those um, things where it's like if you just actually came out and said money we'd be like yeah sure yeah. alright that's fair enough <laughs> if come out and said money <laughs> I was going for my best uh, like Mr. Stallone I was going for my best Mr. Krabs uh, money you know um, yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll throw that off the list. Uh, we've come back around again to Mark. All right, so this maybe maybe this is where we'll uh, really start to get some debate going. But I found the whole Rockstar Crunch gaff uh, nonsense with Red Dead Redemption to be I don't know. It feels like there's at least one of these on um, this particular category every year, and. I think part of me, and this is the real cynical side of me, is just like this is going to keep on happening uh, until you know unions are, are set in place and um, that whole system is completely overhauled. Uh, developers and, and publishers and companies will continue to uh, do this kind of shady, awful uh, nonsense and activities, um, and I think that actually. Uh, the fact that um, one of the other nominations on this uh, this list uh, also has uh, you know kind of crunch as part of um, a lot of the stuff that happened behind the scenes and and you know the the closure of the studio, you know Rockstar aren't going out of business anytime soon, um, and I am absolutely sure that people were working horrendous amounts of hours. Um, but I'd like to think as well that, you know, again, Rockstar's not going out, going out of business anytime soon. So those people are not exactly um, losing their jobs anytime soon. Uh, so I just, I don't know. I think that with everything that we have here on the list, and I think, again, I'm looking at that I can see something else on this list, which has crunch as 
part of, of the overall kind of what makes the whole story awful, but also is compounded with people losing their jobs and not being paid for doing all of you know the, the additional hard work they've done, or just having all of their uh, uh, benefits and whatnot taken away. Uh, I just I I think that it was a lot of it was down to just you know how kind of thrown away the statement was about just oh yeah crunch you know it's a thing that happens and um yeah i don't know i just i i think that it every year we we or every six months there's a story about crunch and uh just maybe maybe it's just i it, it doesn't shock me anymore it's just it's a thing that i expect even if you know nothing of the crunch even if i know nothing of the crunch <laughs> i don't know if anyone agrees or disagrees with that I think that's a pretty compelling uh, uh, argument. I, I think it, it, it's kind of there. It's a case of Rockstar are the ones who got caught, for lack of, for lack of a better term. Um, uh, and I feel like in most of the reports, including the, the really exhaustive Jason Schreier report, there, uh, there was like a decent whack of people who were like, this is not any worse than it is anywhere else. And I don't feel like it's mandatory and I don't feel pressure to do it. And it's different for everyone, but uh, yeah, it was bad, but uh, it, you know, I, I, I think you've, you've summed it up pretty succinctly there. I, I would probably make, I'd be okay with this going off, even though it was a pretty big scandal. Um, yeah. I, I could live with it. I think. And it's that is not to take away that it is an awful it. situation. An awful story. Of course. Yeah. Of yeah. Course, yeah. But they were kind of bragging about it, like, oh, yeah, everyone worked so hard, we were putting in 100 that's, hours. Yeah, that's mm. the more interesting aspect of the yeah. story to me, is that the Housers are just famously these reclusive, never-talked people. Uh, <laughs> Maybe um, this is why. <laughs> yeah, and, they, and the one time they kind of come out of the... Come out of the um, to come out of the woodwork with a with a, a story, and it's just left and right. They're just putting their feet in their mouths nonstop. All the follow up statements were terrible. It was just they are quite obviously not media trained in any significant way, um, and that was certainly reflected in in how things. Um, and it is one of those situations, though, because it's them. It's like they don't have to be, you know. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, maybe they should um, actually hire Daniel Radcliffe to play Dan Hauser in real life as well as in that <laughs> docudrama they did. <laughs> This press conference is a dramatization. <laughs> just walks in there with a wizard wand and shit. Like, just, yeah, I want to talk about video games. Expelliarmus. Um, I, I agree with it being taken off, not necessarily for exactly the same reasons. Like, just because it is a ubiquitous thing across the industry, something doesn't disqualify it from being exceptional trash. Okay. Uh, and to the concern of like, oh, well, you know, it's no more, no less than anybody else does. And they don't force us to do that at the same time. And I originally when that statement came out, I was like, OK, yeah, like it is kind of an industry standard. And if they're not being forced to do it. But then I think it was Austin Walker or somebody like that was talking about it. And they're like, well, there is kind of overt telling people they have to work these hours. And then there's creating a culture within your company where people feel like they have to. So they're not being forced to do it, but they do have to do it, whether they like it or not. Uh, and then that kind of, that also rings familiar with what we heard about Rockstar before, where if you don't stay on board a project for a significant period of time and see it to its very end, your name will be removed from the credits of Rockstar Games. Um, which That is, is awful. Yeah. aspect of it was pretty grim. Uh, and that would that would be as much a confirmation as anything else that they are by ways other than telling you to lean hard into the crunch that they're basically making you 
uh, work these hours. It's kind of like, look, we've set a precedent. If you don't want to do the work, your name is going to be erased from the history of this thing you've worked on for several years, um, which is horrifying. But um, if it wasn't for the fact that the main reason I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with this going at this point is just because I think pretty much everything else left on this list is probably worse. It's, it's worse, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think if I were to try and plant my flag and keep this on the list, I honestly couldn't offer up an alternative here at this point. Um, so, yeah, that Rockstar's crunch gaff, while horrible, is is off the list. Uh, next, Barry, don't envy you. Okay, yeah, we're getting down to brass tacks now. Okay, I'm going to pick one here, because I think the other four all have a shot at winning. Um, do we, like, so, I mean, Boogie, was he, like, he's pretty bad this year. <laughs> but it's, like, is him just being a bit of a dick, like, being a, a sort of, uh, one of the, one of these people who thinks they're, like, this galaxy brain centrist, but really they're not, and, and, and thinks he knows better than everyone, and, 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 and can't see uh, the fash forest for the trees, um, uh, he's pretty, pretty irritating, pretty, pretty out to lunch, uh, pretty, pretty know it all while he's being out to lunch. But I, like, does that really rank up with some of this other stuff? I, I don't think it does personally, unless there's a facet of it that I'm missing. I don't it, think it ranks up with with some of this stuff uh, that's it, left. I think, I think any of the other four could win, and I'd probably be okay with it. I, I, I don't feel like he's he's up there. I, so I nominated this, I, and I do feel it's comfortably top five. I'm happy to see it go at this point if, I, if, if, if no one completely disagrees. But before I kind of throw to back to you, Barry, or to, to Mark and Jack to, to throw theirs in, I'm just going to run down for anybody that might be aware of Boogie2988 and, and the year he's had. So he's a gaming YouTuber, nominally at least. Um, his early days... Year, this year or some shit like that? Is, yeah, 2016 Trending Gamer. Um... He, uh, his early days, he got a lo- lot of notoriety for playing this character on his channel called Francis, who is like the kind of the turned up to 11 version of the screamy gamer part of the internet, which is all of yeah. it. Um, and as well, kind of at the same time in his more out of character videos, he got a lot of plaudits for being kind of an advocate for mental health issues that he had gone through in his life and talking about abuse he'd suffered in his life as well, which I think at first when he started saying these things and they were kind of one off like, oh, maybe he, you know, misspoke here and there. People were giving him a little bit more slack than they might have given somebody else because he had this kind of background that the people had given him a lot of credit for. So it all started with the the kind of the slippery slope for a lot of these gaming YouTube figures. We've seen it in the past with the likes of Colin Moriarty. Um, the slippery slope is when it starts with a both sides-ism kind of uh, view on life where you're just kind of like, hey, these are horrible people. We, we need to hear them out. <laughs> you know, that's the kind yeah. of... You know it's all going to end in tears when that's the the, part, the point, that's your opening gamut to an argument. Um, he then started with periodically over the, kind of, this was the back half of last year and then started this year. He would come to the, the aid and the defense of kind of gaming YouTubers or gaming figures that were, had come under fire. Uh, most notably, again, mention him again, Colin Moriarty. Uh, he came to John Tron's defense after the whole racist thing with him. He came to PewDiePie's defense after the anti-Semitism thing. Um, 
He has also made, the, I think the things that get him especially on the list here this year are a handful of comments he made this year, particularly uh, on the H3 podcast. He was asked about gay marriage and said we should leave it 10 or 20 years down the future because people don't seem to want it now. And that's, that's yeah, completely. Let's let's just deny people's rights for another couple of decades. Yeah, and it kind of, in hindsight, he was just kind of, like, he immediately, if you watch it, he immediately tries to kind of backtrack it, walk it back. He goes, oh, I just hate seeing gay people getting killed. To which I would point, I don't think that's a problem with gay marriage. I think that's a problem with people murdering gay people. I think that's what you need to be addressing and not whether gay people can get married or not. Um, then his whole, kind of, whenever he is attacked, uh, he, he was kind of attacked for his centrist takes uh, on Twitter and his both sidesism, and he came out with a line that I shared in our group chat earlier. I'm not actually a centrist, but I play one on the internet. You know, the classic coward's way out of an argument is like, oh, I don't actually believe that. You know, this is just the character I play is that I'm trying to hear both sides. Bollocks. Um, then I think that the one, oh, the, the real spicy meatball this year was when he said that even good things came from the Holocaust. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> which I think oh, I tried to find that tweet. Oh, I believe it has been deleted, although he did try to die on that hill for a while. Um, in some sort of, again, it was another one of his uh, like centrist diatribes where he's trying to say, oh, even in horrible situations, good things come for it. And he's trying to say all the scientific advances that came out of the Holocaust. Which then got immediately but, shot down as well, and quite rightly uh, so. I, oh, I, think, right. I, I think my thing with all of this is it's, it's kind of a uh, think of the children argument in that... Um, you know, all of these YouTube personalities, <clears throat> their core fan base is uh, of a young uh, age, and um, it's either it either provides justification for just being just the worst fucking people on the internet, regardless of whether because I think with a lot of the um, the alt right, if you want to call it that, or that you know segment of the internet, is there's a significant portion of them that don't even believe or agree in the things that they say it's purely just a dying on the hill of you know freedom of speech and being able to say whatever and just shock statements and, and stuff of that nature but when you have someone with um, a, a level of notoriety it either comes across as validation of that kind of stuff or it's just you know further going to encourage um awful people to continue saying awful things and you just have this vicious cycle that goes round and round and round and um you know it's not uh the rights and the um the jobs of these people the responsibilities of these people to um be liberal leaning uh good people whatever you want to say but uh the simple fact is, is he is in this position and he's using his voice and he's using it in a fucking catastrophically uh, poor way. And, um, you know, I, I guess it's kind of similar to, I'm pretty sure we had PewDiePie on this uh, category last year. Um, yeah, we did, not yeah. Year before. Um, and so I don't know if we can say that uh, Boogie's takes are any better or worse than PewDiePie's. And obviously PewDiePie is that much more of a, a notable uh, personality. But, I don't know, there was something about... Because I still think that PewDiePie's was all purely based on just, you know, being shocking for the sake of content, where with with Boogie, it's just... There was actually, like, this attempt to have this legitimate debate on the, you know, he, both he, sides. Yeah, he genuinely thinks he's smarter than the people he's arguing with yeah, as and well. Then just, just that tone, whereas, like, 
PewDiePie would be the first to call himself an idiot. Yeah, you know and what I mean. Just, so, all that happens, he would constantly just get dunked on for just like, no, you just, you're you're wrong, <laughs> and here's all the reasons why. I think there was one one of my favorite responses when I was looking through to try and get the quotes here for for my notes. Um, was someone I follow, Henry Gilbert of the Talking Simpsons podcast, who after one of these tweets that I'm after listing out, I don't know if it was the Holocaust one or what it was, he just tweeted at him, read a fucking book, I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> but here's um, the thing, it it is tough because looking at the other four that we have on here, um, I could see... I don't know, I could, I, actually, I could see boogie on here over a couple of the others um and that's that's my own personal like if i have a personal top three um you know i would have had boogie on here if if you dave hadn't put it on here mm. so like i'm i don't think i'm ready to take it off but you know I'll, I'll open it up and see what everyone else thinks uh can i just say before we <laughs> before we kind of turn it to every, uh, out to everybody to see if everyone's cool with it going or not um, I wanted one more quote that I dug up, which is one I put in where it was like another one of his, oh, can't we all listen to both sides? Can't we all get along? Imagine that idea. Everybody with their different viewpoints getting along. Who could have possibly imagined that? And he goes, oh yeah, these guys. And then a JPEG yeah, of the people yeah, who signed yeah. the Declaration of Independence. I was like, oh, you piece of fucking shit. <laughs> oh, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> And as people, oh, that was the one that uh, Henry replied with the read a book, I swear to fucking God, where he points out that like a lot of the people who signed that owned a lot of slaves. And it's really, it's really easy for a person coming from privilege to be able to say, can't we all just get along? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whew. Uh, I'm okay. I put it on here. I'm okay with it going now. Um, because I think the only one I might have tried to get it ahead of is one that when I look at things objectively, I think it's a much more troubling precedent. It's just that the the buggy thing kind of tickled me. It was so awful. That was like, how can you just dig up for fuck's sake kind of a thing? But of the two of the two instances left on the list of, of some an individual who really should have learned how to dig up and when to shut their fucking mouth, uh, I think this is the less egregious one, uh, See, or at least the all, less spectacular all, one. All I'll say to that is, because I know the one you're on about, but that one is just self-sabotage of one person where this i don't know i feel it has a, a far wider uh potential cultural philosophical output whatever you want to say um i think uh, yeah that yeah. that mark, one causes I mean, more damage if mark wants to i i could i could i could be uh, on board with keeping boogie if we maybe I, I could see Philip Mewson going. Ah, oh, no, I, I, oh. I mean, I want to have the conversation I, about I completely, him. No, I completely agree with the point you've made there, Mark, but in terms of just, like, he's the, just, the spirit, he's, he's the spirit kind of, of trash, kind of it, is, it is a spectacular trash fire that, like, it, oh... Okay, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to be on the internet talking. You know, getting to the point where I'm debating or I bring up the Holocaust or World War yeah. Two because that yeah, is yeah, the yeah. immediate sign that I've lost the argument. Exactly. Like I. But think I it, think here. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I think it. it like it depends. It, the the only thing it depends on because like it. Um, it really depends on our reading of trash. I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean. Here's my thing. Let's just eliminate both of them yeah, because that's what I was me, say. neither of them are going to win the category. Yeah. They're both as that's dumb as each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was going to be my next suggestion. Let's kind of you know kill our old darlings here and knock both of them off. But let's talk about Philip Mewson for a second, shall we? Sure. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm more I don't want. Do I don't want. I don't want to see this come up to the plate and whiff it as it goes past. <laughs> uh, 
Let's do the recap. Philip Mewson, uh, an editor for IGN, uh, senior editor, I believe, and uh, host of the Nintendo Voice Chat podcast over on IGN, wrote a review for Dead Cells, which is an excellent game that I think uh, myself and Mark both very much enjoyed this year. Um, It was discovered that it was substantially plagiarized from a YouTuber called Boomstick Gaming. Um, He denies it. IGN look into it, realize, yes, this is fucking true. He has plagiarized it. They fire him. He released a video, not only not apologizing, but kind of doing it, you know, basically an I'm sorry I was caught. Then he started giving out about Jason Schreier, who had wrote the, the article at Kotaku that exposed him. And he dared... <laughs> Jason Schreier and the internet to find more examples of him plagiarizing because he definitely didn't. And wouldn't you know it? (laughs) What an idiot. (laughs) They found plenty. So, he had plagiarized Boomstick Gaming. He had plagiarized other reviews. He had plagiarized forum posts from Reset Era, from NeoGAF, and elsewhere. GameFAQs, I think, maybe, as well. Uh, he plagiarized other IGN articles. <laughs> <laughs> he plagiarized other apologies. Uh, and I think my, my favorite one, he plagiarized his own CV. <laughs> Someone found his LinkedIn profile and he had plagiarized that from a template website for resumes. Right, which is just... Here, here is where I'm going to make my uh, my debate on this. The rest of these that we have on here are... It's already gone off the list. Why are you but, debating? No, no, I just, I just want to make this last thing. <laughs> I just want to make this last thing. Mark's swinging for defenses. Everyone's already gone home. just want to make this last thing. <laughs> the rest of the, the nominations we have on here are all varying degrees of either being uh, tragic or awful, or very sad, or some you know, real kind well, of this negative is connotation. No, this is fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as well. It, <laughs> like my my immediate reaction to this is, what the fuck? This is the yeah. this is fucking amazing. Um, so yeah, that's, main that's, reason that's I wanted this high up the list is just because I love it so much. <laughs> it made me laugh so many times. Every, think... every time I logged on for about two weeks, it just kept getting worse. Then you guys think that <laughs> Philip Muchin is a better character than Boogie. Boogie claims he's a character, but Philip Muchin, by actually just being himself, is a better character. Like, it feels like someone wrote this. As a sketch that is just unfolding before everyone's eyes. And this was something I didn't realize until I started looking this up um, to do this show, is that he came back to YouTube a couple of months ago. Yeah. And then released another apology video that he didn't apologize in. And then just started doing more, just started doing a, a review of handheld, was it uh, headsets for the Switch? And I think he's disappeared again since. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like, oh my god, like, just go into a different industry. Like, he's ruined. <laughs> he just, like, it'd be one thing, like, everybody's pointed out in the course is, like, if he if he copped to it at the very start and was just like, you know, the, the stress of the job got to me and I panicked and this is what happened, that, like, maybe eventually he'd kind of get back in, get an entry-level job, work his way back up, earn trust with people again, but that just, whew. we'll see it go off the list, but Good lord, I just tickled by this story throughout the year, that's for sure. Um, Alright, remove both of those. We have... Boy, do we have a top three, or a bottom three, as the case may be here. Okay, so that was... Who struck that off? It was Mark, was it? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, or no, it was Barry. I suggested Boogie, and then we agreed yeah. on both. Yeah. Okay, so it's Jack next. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, I was like, it better not be me. <laughs> well, I mean, it, um, so <laughs> just just for the the listener, the three that we've got left is the death of Telltale through absolute shithousery. Um, Fallout 76 being a flaming garbage fire going down a hill backwards uh, and the whole Jessica Price debacle. Mm. Now, two of these things cost people, and and not just like one person, but people, jobs. And one of them is just an absolute pile of shit video game. Now, we have a category, a next category coming up where if we want to bury something that was highly anticipated that was an absolute mess when it came out, we can bury it there. So for that reason, I nominate to strike off the fucking appalling nonsense that was Fallout 76. I, I strongly agree with that pick. I feel like the precedent set by the other two should be yeah. should be the number, numbers one and two. Um... Yeah, whereas Fallout 76 is just a bad product that's gotten, yeah. it's like the Mewson thing has gotten very funny as it's gone on with, <laughs> yeah. uh, between the bag thing, and then also last week there was the people logging uh, uh, customer support tickets and then getting access to everyone else's information inexplicably, just an absolute kip of a situation, but uh, I, I feel like there are kind of bigger fish to fry on, on this one. Yeah, I'll so... agree with that. Yeah, I'll agree as well. Uh, just to wow. sum up the stuff that, just to sum up the stuff that we won't be getting to, because we'll talk about it actually being broken maybe briefly in the next category. Um, but yeah, so the game was broken. Then there was this bag gate thing where people who bought a two hundred dollar edition of this game were supposed to get this really nice looking bag, and they got a bait and switch, got a really cheap looking vinyl bag instead. Uh, people Honestly, moan- those people that won that should win this award. <laughs> people people mo- people moaned about it and they were like okay we'll make some sort of monetary compensation for it in game so they gave them 500 atoms for it which equates to five dollars us um, <laughs> when people started getting mad about it um the customer support were very unhelpful and dismissive and condescending towards the people uh, who were unhappy um then it got it just blew up even more when it turned out that uh, social media influencers got a much better looking bag. So a better looking bag, even though it wasn't quite the one that had been advertised, it was still much better than the one normal people got. Um, that made everybody really mad. And then, as you guys alluded to, they accidentally leaked customer data as well in the process of this. It's just been whew, <laughs> quite something indeed. Okay. And and it's weird, but because it's Bethesda, when it came out broken, everyone was just like, yeah, that's what they do. Their games are shit when they come out, um, which is a dangerous precedent to set. But also at the same time, is anyone shocked by this? No, no. The other yeah, two are shocking, like yeah. absolutely. I fucking I is rolling back in the skull. Shocking. Okay, um, we're down to two. So instead of going. Um kind of like me cutting one off we'll just go straight to the vote after we we talk about both of these for a little um which one should we start with um read it just in case people maybe aren't as familiar with that one i feel like telltale was a uh, a bigger fiasco that that people are probably in the know about 
Yeah. So, Mark, you were closely following the arena net thing when we were t- discussing it on the podcast. Do you want to give the cliff notes of it there? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll do my best. So basically, um, Jessica Price uh, was fired from uh, arena net, who are the behind uh, Guild Wars Two. Uh, basically, she was she was in a lengthy uh, Twitter thread, um, and uh, she got kind of got called out by people on Twitter and uh, she kind of fought back if you will Um, and you can make the discussion about whether um, she should or she shouldn't have considering um, her position Um, but I'm I'm more on the side of if if a a player is gonna you know throw shade at you you're welcome to throw that shade back Um, and as a result she she was let go from her position um it's fair to say that the the reaction from arena net was uh harsh to say the least um you know even if you if you want to say that okay maybe she shouldn't have done this this is definitely worth kind of sitting down and and having the conversation about you know um maybe we should uh reevaluate the way that we uh communicate with our players or if we have just kind of like one specific channel and everyone else that works within the company should um, either just have a public account that's not affiliated in any way with the company and just have the one public channel uh, those conversations can be had Um, but yeah basically uh, she was fired and the the offshoot of this uh, or the um, the snowball that grew into an avalanche uh, that I've seen since then is uh, different pockets of um, players for different games who don't like you know a particular thing about that game, or don't like the fact that you know a game has a, a female developer or or someone that they're just not happy about because they're either a fucking woman or left leaning or whatever. You know they've been going out of their way to try and get these people fired effectively. Uh, now the good side of that, or the good thing from that, is you know pretty much all of these companies have just been like, nah, nah, that's not how this works. Um, and it was just it was a very very poor reaction from ArenaNet uh, and very a very poorly uh, handled situation. Yeah, absolutely. It was. Um... There's <laughs> there's worse to it though, <clears throat> because after the initial like her taking the the one guy to task who. What I kind of don't like is that the guy that she took to task, I mean, his posts weren't particularly uber condescending, but like there was enough of a tone of, oh no, you should do it like this, even though I'm just a random guy who's a, a, a Twitch streamer, I'm telling you how to do your job. So I can absolutely see why she reacted the way she did. But the fact that her friend waded in, who's also a developer on the game, and, and defended her after she started getting like all manner of shit thrown at her by what started off as just a bunch of yahoos on Reddit. So it was Peter Freeze, I think was his name. And he stepped in to say, you know, she's a great person. She's a good developer. You know, she was just trying to defend her position. It's difficult being a, a woman in games. And so for his defense of her, he was also fired. And that is the thing that really set it over the edge. You're saying a dangerous precedent when you're when you're saying that, oh, we're just going to bow to the pressure of that. But then for somebody just to not really back up either argument, but to just defend their friend for them to be fired as well. I, I think that's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, it's uh, it was completely like it just 
like you kind of you hit on it's it's the precinct that sets as much as anything else that's really like profoundly troubling um that whatever about kind of um if someone is an absolute monster and gets railroaded out of town is one thing but the idea that just because you're unhappy with somebody you can whip up a, a mob of absolute abuse and get them shit canned from their job and the company that employed them and presumably knows their character a lot better than you man on the internet does won't even stand behind them and will in fact fire anybody that tries to take a bullet for her uh, is yeah, it's profoundly disturbing. Um, yeah, like her statement was only today in being a female game dev. Allow me, a person who doesn't work with you, explain to you how to do your job. The next yeah. rando asshat who attempts to explain the concept of di- dialogue to me as if you know, having worked in it game narrative for a fucking decade, I have never heard of it, is going to get insta blocked. Public service announcement. I don't think, aside from maybe the usage of the word asshat, but like if you're bent out of shape being called an asshat, then you, you need to really reevaluate what you're doing with your life. But I don't think there's anything malicious in there. I yeah. just think she's kind of reacting and like, maybe I, sometimes it's best not to feed the trolls, but there's nothing yeah. in there that damages the image of the company yeah. at all. Like, like I get that companies have these own internal policies about things like this, about, you know, if you if you post and, and you're technically representing the company while you do, that there's certain lines you shouldn't cross. But at the same time, I, I think maybe a more appropriate course of action is that if this did contravene some sort of company policy at ArenaNet, the thing to do was actually do a proper kind of thorough, you know, bring her in, have a chat with her about it sort of investigation and not just immediately get afraid of the people with the torches and pitchforks and fire her. Um, I think ArenaNet has uh, completely uh, just sullied its own reputation in a lot of people's eyes, the way that they handled this whole situation. Yeah, so their Um, statement as well, to quote it, their attacks on the community were unacceptable. Yeah. First of all, Peter Freese didn't attack the community. He defended his friend. And second yeah. of all, the most, literally the worst it got was the usage of the word asshat. That <laughs> is not attacking community. That is attacking yeah. the ideology of men telling women how to do their jobs across and, all industries. And I've seen the argument made that, like, it was, and, and I think, Mark, was it you said that the initial comment from that guy wasn't inherently sexist you could read into it that it wasn't it was it could have been just your regular old condescension and people have kind of defended that oh look he wasn't being sexist so she completely blew things out of proportion but i think uh, one of the articles i read about it i think it was a polygon article that um if if you thought if there was any ambiguity to his initial statements the follow-up statements when that same poster sensed there was blood in the water certainly revealed that if you didn't think that was intention before it certainly became his intention afterwards when he when he suspected he could get a woman fired for it yeah also if somebody cocks their fist back to punch you in the face and punches you nine times out of ten the tenth time they cock their fist back then you're going to recoil so Mm. if if you get something day in day out on on twitter uh a level of abuse or a level of condescension you are going to be kind of sensitive about it so that is where it just requires a bit of leadership to go look i know this is frustrating but don't engage with these people because if you do then they kind of win and unfortunately there was no sense in the company whatsoever and the company is the reason that they won and i and and i get it like um 
you know, part of, of my job is I deal with uh, players on a daily basis and I have a Twitter account that I handle for uh, the, the, the client that we work with. And, you know, you get bombarded. At Rockstar Games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And you get bombarded. <laughs> you get bombarded with, uh, like, tweet after tweet that is either... Um, condescending or just shouting about I'll oh, fix this like it's a two minute job to fix something and you know there are times where you either have kind of written out a, a draft of a t- tweet only to remove it because you know you don't want to get fired um that's the official twitter account though this is her own personal well, that's account. the thing this is what I was getting as like it's her own account and I think that that really needs to be taken into consideration and going back to my original point of what you were saying there jack as well about like you know you can have the investigation and you can have the sit down and kind of think about how going forward um the best plan of attack or the best way to 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 handle these kind of situations and you know if she called the person just fucking like a walk-in abortion then fair enough you know that's uh that's a conversation you can have, but again, yeah, ass hat. It's not exactly. I don't know. I don't think that's mm. grounds for uh, yeah. firing. And she wasn't referencing directly the players of the game. She was referencing people telling her how to do her job. Yeah. Whether they play Guild Wars or what, it yeah. Also, it, it, it also really ass hat's a really funny word. It is. Yeah. It is. It's like the American shite hawk. It's, it's, it's quality. Um. But anyway, we could go around talking about this for quite a while. Let's go over to our other remaining nominee on this can list. We, can we say I'm this is gonna... a Konami Corner Award for asshats and gaming? <laughs> I think that might be that that might be a contender for next year's titling of this award. But I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to let young Barry Murphy talk about Telltale Games because the, oh boy. here is a man who has probably suffered as much, if not more, than any of us here uh, from Telltale Games. <laughs> Yeah, so so th- we have all suffered for their art, it seems. Um, I mean, on top of just the, the, the general telltale malaise and the general kind of uh, um, issues with their games and, and all this other stuff, they basically just uh, up and announced in the in the, uh, earlier this year that uh, they were closing up shop, they were laying off uh, almost all of their staff and that the the current crop projects they had were being cancelled, with the exception of I think they had a skeleton crew fi- finishing the uh, the Netflix uh, version of Minecraft. That was about it. Um, uh, and, and so that Walking Dead, the final season of Walking Dead, which was already underway, it wasn't just in production; they had already started releasing episodes, uh, would not be finished, and uh, that obviously left a lot of people feeling very burned on the consumer side. It left a lot of people uh, jobless uh, on on the, the developer side, and there was a bunch of uh, toing and froing back and forth uh, uh, in the coming months. There was a suggestion that, oh, well, you know, we might get it uh, finished. Uh, I, maybe, uh, you know, uh, uh, Skybound uh, uh, came in and decided who owns the Walking Dead IP. Uh, they came along and said that they were going to try and uh, uh, pick up the pieces of Telltale and bankroll uh, 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 production of, of the last few episodes. That in itself... 
uh, kind of leaves you with a tough kind of moralistic thing to grapple with because it's like obviously certain people uh, uh, who left Telltale they had to go find work and they did find work uh, that often involved you know uh, taking up new commitments possibly moving to new, new places to take up that work so now this project is being finished uh, uh, by other people some of the same people but some other people and, and, and you kind of have this this heavy weight on you where it's like well you, you know you're invested in this franchise but how can you support how can you support these abysmal practices that led to this and that was the other factor of it was that there was of course a, a great deal of tell all interviews done uh, and features written about the uh, the the very very questionable business practices of uh, of telltale there was examinations of uh, of how very quickly after the the overnight success of walking dead one that they just they just went downhill immediately and they they had money loser after money loser um and yeah i mean there's a, there's a whole lot of minutia about it that, that, that you lads might want to get into but um i remember being very surprised when the story broke but then when you look at their outputs um and you read the the stories of of what it was like to work there and how, and how the uh how the the house began to to fall apart it actually makes perfect sense when you think about it. You think of, of the amount of stuff they churned yeah. out. You think of the, the stagnant quality, the stagnant problems, all the issues with the games that, that never got fixed. Um, really, it's, it's kind of a miracle they lasted as long as they did, especially when you look at some of that sales data where it was like pretty much just Walking Dead 1 and uh, Minecraft made any money at all and stuff like Batman was just gigantic money loser. Um, yeah. So, so that's that's the, the the probably the abridged version of the Telltale issue, but it's still ongoing. I would feel very weird about buying that final season of The Walking Dead just because it's like a, a lot of people were, you know, irreparably damaged by by that closure, and you know maybe they've landed on their feet now. But this game was not finished by those people who lost their job. It was finished by you know some of them. Um, so yeah, that's that that's that whole situation. Yeah. Um, I think there there is definitely a ring of truth to what you say there, Barry. That like when you started thinking about the the things we were hearing when the studio closed down, there was this crushing sense of inevitability and almost a tone of surprise that it didn't happen a year or two sooner. It was they they really were like <clears throat> it, you could see by when they talked about their operating budget and literally I think they 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 had so little in terms of cash reserves that they went from being like fully open for business to shuttering within like a week or two weeks or something like that something crazy um <clears throat> sad to see people lose their jobs obviously especially so many people who had delivered i think even though mechanically that those games were, were trash that engine was broken for so long i still think up until right near the very end some of the stuff that was coming out was still being very well written like i really like the writing and the likes of tales from the borderlands and things like that so there was definitely some talented writers on staff there and i'm sure they'll land on their feet elsewhere uh, i think it's time to turn this topic to a vote <clears throat> and we'll just go around in the order we've been striking things off and we'll get votes for one or the other, the two contenders being Telltale Games Mismanagement leading to studio closure and Jessica Price's dismissal, dismissal from ArenaNet and what followed. Uh, Mark, your vote. Uh, I think that uh, Telltale wins this. So I'd say Jessica Price second, Telltale's uh, first. Barry. I would say the same thing. I think they both set danger, dangerous precedent. I really hate the, the precedent in the ArenaNet story but uh, but I also hate the one the Telltale and by sheer scale of people affected. I I think Telltale wins out. But uh, 
very similar stories in a lot of ways. Jack. Yeah, I've had my opportunity to rant about the whole Jessica Price situation, but two people lost their jobs versus, what, like 250 people who are currently, you know, progressing a lawsuit against a company that has now been liquidated uh, and they're probably not going to get what was owing to them or see any signs of their hard work. And to down a company uh, with the rights to the IP that they had, like Batman and, and Game of Thrones and Walking Dead, like some of the Guardians hottest... Of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Some of the literal hottest media properties of the last decade. Like, if you look at, like, top-selling movies and top-grossing advertising on TV shows, you're going to see Batman and you're going to see Game of Thrones and you're going to see The Walking Dead. So just based on, on, on the actual ineptitude it took to down a company with, with the rights to all of those things. Yeah, is... it, it does take a level of mismanagement uh, oh, that like, we, we haven't seen in a while from yeah, a video game I'm, company. Obviously, I stand with the workers at number one, but point two is just how do you fuck up <laughs> Walking Dead, Batman, Game of Thrones, and I, Guardians? Jesus. Guys, I am hyped for like two or three years from now the no-clip documentary on Telltale. Yeah. It's going to be stellar. <laughs> Fucking yes. Um, so we have yeah, our winner I, then, or loser. Yeah, I, I would have, for the just for the sake of the record, I would have voted for Telltale Games as well, as as abhorrent as the ArenaNet situation is as well. It is an issue of scale here. So your winner for the Konami Corner Award for video game people being trash is Telltale Games. In a landslide. Moving on, disappointment of the year, our final kind of negative category. Uh, our previous winners in this category in 2016, No Man's Sky. In 2017, the very passionate rant of mine that led to Middle-Earth Shadow of War clinching it at the last <laughs> Have you calmed down yet, by the way? Not really. I actually, I, I, I listened to it back uh, because I couldn't remember who won the category last year. And as soon as I start listening, listened to myself teeing off, I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I remember that pain. Um, so, yeah, it's a real rogue gallery we already have assembled here. Let's see who will join it. Uh, our nominees are Nino Kuni 2, Revenant Kingdom. By the way, just a small note here. Really, really mad still they didn't call it Nino Tooney. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Mario Tennis Aces, Sea of Thieves, Fee, A Way Out, We Happy Few, Far Cry 5, Yakuza 6, A Song of Life, Fallout 76, and Metal Gear Survive. So I'm going to start this category. We started with you last time, Barry, didn't we? I think it was uh, me first. Fuck. Oh, Mark. So we'll start with Barry this time then. Alrighty. Uh, I'm going to do the obvious thing here with a disappointment category, and I'm going to go for stuff that I feel like did not have the hype to get people disappointed in. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I always thought Fallout looked shite. I, yeah. I, I even even though it was worse than the expectations, everything they said about it was like a big, giant nope from me. Uh, I'm pretty negative on the always online play with your buddies uh, genre. Anyway, it's not my kind of thing. But um, the fact that it came out and, and and was worse than expected, I I I still can't really rank it up against some of this other stuff that I feel like was legitimately uh, anticipated. Yeah, I'd, I'd certainly uh, concur with that. Uh, I didn't think it looked like the kind of game I was interested in at all. Uh, and when you combine how bad the concept looked with what you should expect in terms of technical performance from a Bethesda Game Studios game, uh, it still managed to soar a little bit beneath that. 
disappointment to me is a game I thought was going to be good and wasn't, as opposed to a game that I already thought was going to be bad and turned out worse. Uh, does anyone disagree with that? No, I mean, like, how, about, I, how big of a disappointment is it to be the first off the biggest disappointment list? Well, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I do think that like um, enough people had been burned from the launch of Fallout Four and the fact that this just didn't—it looked like an inferior Fallout. Um, yeah, I, I, I echo kind of all of Barry's sentiments there. Okay, Five don't seven, care. Six, Never did. The list. Uh, for similar reasons, I'm going to strike Metal Gear Survive uh, because it never looked good. Uh, we we already knew that anybody who could have possibly made a Metal Gear game good was long since gone out of Konami and that Konami had no intention of making a Metal Gear game that was any good. They just had an intention of getting what I would describe as a microtransaction-laden uh, shambling corpse of a game together. Um, it was cynical from the outset and it if anything it delivered precisely on what i expected so for that reason which is kind of novel in some ways yeah the the idea in this day and age that konami actually delivered on something <laughs> uh, it was kind of there's a there's a twisted sort of poetry to that um but i wouldn't put it in my disappointments of the year anyway uh, Mark, uh, I think I put Nino Kuni on there, um, but it wasn't actually it's... a case of me putting it on there because I played it. It was more just because of everything that I read about it, uh, and it's it's fucking it's Studio Ghibli, and I don't, I don't think I can uh, with with any kind of strong um, sentiment put that on here. And certainly if I hadn't played it as well, so I can go off. Yeah. Okay, and Jack, I am. Uh... Uh, I don't know, I feel like this might be the first one that gets opposed, but I really actually enjoyed playing the game. I know, uh, which I know what you're going to say. I thought the story actually, was no, a bit it could, nonsense. It could, be, it could have been two, it could be one of two games here, actually, for you. Yeah. I, I thought the story was a bit nonsense, but I really enjoyed playing Far Cry 5. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew that, I knew someone is, was going to have Is that your debate, Barry, or I, are you going to elaborate on that? I was quite disappointed with that game. I feel like the the story nonsense was disappointing. I also feel like the, it it kills me to say it because like three is like one of my all time favorite games, but I'm I feel like I'm really worn out on the formula. I feel like a lot of the gameplay changes they made were either superficial or also uh, uh, actively bad. Like the way they tweaked the hunting system, I don't like at all. Um, uh, the cra- like the hunting and crafting system, you know, they they did away with the towers and uh, the way they they changed it to kind of talking to ambient characters to get to get map waypoints. I liked that, but that's pretty much it for like really really positive changes. Um, I don't know. I I didn't hate it. I I but I, I didn't finish it either. I mean, I I, I got really kind of withered with it. Uh, I thought it was pretty disappointing, especially. Um, um, uh, with with hype for what it was initially felt like it was going to be, although much like Fallout, I think by the time it actually came out, I think pe- most people had kind of sussed that they were not gonna they were not gonna deliver on that early marketing promise. I I, I suppose I could. <sighs> I here's don't know. What, here's I, what I, I'll suggest, I, Barry. I, I I feel like if there's there's two games on uh, two categories that it could potentially win, but I feel like the argument you're making is for a certain pork based product that exists between two slices of uh, something that a baker would make that's coming up a little bit later 
so I, I and I, I am sausage rolls. I am more than okay with it doing well in that category, but I don't think it was a disappointment. I, I think it was it was it was a passable Ubisoft game, and I, I quite enjoyed playing it. Um, yeah, I don't know as probably because you didn't play it, Mark, did you? No, I didn't. So as the other person who played through Far Cry Five and I beat it as well. I'm I'm completely in the middle on this because there are definitely elements, particularly with the story, that are really disappointing and the lack of evolution. Uh, but then at the same time, when I think about it and I think, well, the last couple of Fire Cry games, if they've taught me anything, it's to not expect things to change that much because they don't. They seem to have parked their bus. They seem to have decided what Fire Cry games are now and don't seem intent on revolutionizing that again like they did with three. Um, and then I knew a long while before release that they had pulled way back from the original conceit of what that story was going to be. They got cold feet when everybody got super mad at them. Um, but we had Wolfenstein for that. They yeah. were the ones that and stuck it, it to the Nazis. It, it was excessively disappointing in that regard. But then the other, like the other side of things, as a game that you just switch off what's actually going on story-wise put on a podcast like the it's kind of one of those like it has that just cause quality of that like minute to minute it's kind of fun to like blow shit up and shoot stuff so like i i i I still completed the game so i guess i was like if i was properly like i was more disappointed by another game on this list um i will say i don't think I don't think it's so disappointing that it's a runaway winner, but I also don't think it's. I I also I, I think it deserves to be on the list, but I don't think it wins. You know what yeah. I mean? So it, it, I, it, it goes along with a sort of processed meat between two flour raised products that's coming yeah. up later. That's where it, that's its category. Like it's got a good um, shot at that. One. Now, unless Barry, do you feel that you, do you want to push that further up? Do you think it should finish higher, or where? What do you think? I, I, I think it's fair. I think I think the case made was was fair. I, I and, and as I said myself, yeah, I feel like as as release approached, my hype had been sufficiently uh, tarnished on that one. So I, yeah, that's for damn sure. Um, okay, Jack, that's your one. We're back to Barry. Alrighty. Uh, another one that I think is probably a a good shout for okayest game, but I actually quite liked, and I didn't have sky high uh, expectations for uh, a way out. Was anyone like really actively turned off by that? I thought it was all right for what it was. Uh, I never played it, but I, it's something that kind of when it's cheap and on sale, I might at some point. Um, Who nominated a way out? Was it Mark? I uh, did not. I don't think I did. I don't remember putting it on there. <laughs> How did it end up on this list? Oh, maybe I did then. Maybe I did. Maybe I was like real mad about it when I was. Maybe it was just like know. self-aware. Put itself. Well, yeah. Well, I, I suppose. Um... <laughs> Is it trying to win a category? And the devs got access to your Google Drive. <laughs> yeah, maybe just the game itself is a maverick, much like its developer, and weaseled its way onto the list. But I do think, it, in some ways, uh, the definite tone when it came out was that it was just, eh, you know. Um, but I will, I will concede to it going off the list if it was indeed me that nominated it, which it must have been. Um, right. Okay. Relatively painless so far, gents. Um, right. Here we go. Um, we're down to two games I have played. One game I will refuse to play as long as I live. Um, and a couple of games that uh, 
yeah, I don't really have any feelings about it either way. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take off one of the ones I have played because I think one of the ones I have probably deserves to stay on this list for a while longer, at least if not win it. I'm gonna take off Yakuza. Um, and the reason for that is I wasn't massively disappointed with it. I think I I think what it was probably for me because I haven't come back and put a substantial amount of this game in. And Barry, you'd be the other kind of Yakuza head on here, and I think you nominated it, did you? I did, yeah. I I just felt like uh, for all the technical enhancements of six over zero, uh, I I just feel like I just the story and the writing was just not as sharp. I didn't feel like I didn't I didn't laugh as much. I I, I feel like the, the the characters didn't grab me as much. Um, the, I wonder you know, for me, was it more like personally, was it a case that I'm kind of burnt out on the games because they've we've had four in the last like eighteen months come out. Like Yakuza Zero, Yakuza Kiwami One and Two, and this all coming out since like the start of last year, um, and was yeah, it just I, I kind of burnout? Because I, I like I Zero was my first one, and I played it to death, and I loved it. But I I bounced off Kiwami One, and I bounced off this. So yeah. I, I think it, it is maybe a little bit much. Um, There's so uh, much. The games are so dense with different things you can do that it's tough to launch straight back into one of them, and it feels. I know that like a GTA game has so much to it as well, but it Yakuza games feel more intense like to to hop back into because the range of different things you can do in it are so diverse. Um that yeah, it's it's tough to like I think probably next year I'll start chipping away at at I because I've beaten Zero and Kwami. So it's Kwami two and and six I I have started. Um, and I, I do intend to play them eventually. And also, uh, in the interest of the argument that Mark is surely going to make at this juncture, you literally cannot be the most disappointing game when there's a street gang made out of New Japan wrestlers in it. <laughs> yep. I, by <laughs> the way, I, I also bounced <laughs> off this game. I played about four or five hours of it, and yeah, I couldn't couldn't get back into it. And I don't know if that's more of a comment on me or it. I also yeah. I also feel like that the 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 clan creator gang war thing was way less compelling than like the nightclub stuff in zero like there's just it's kind of like death by a thousand cuts there's just lots of little things that were like just not quite as good as the last game really was 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 my main issue i just felt like a bit of a the only buff was was technical technical uh, side of things it was way better some long standing issues with the series were addressed but uh but yeah but i we could take it off i i would i it, it was kind of my i didn't i don't think i nominated i think that and fire cry were my nominations i don't think i had too many other massive disappointments this year so i can see i can see it coming off it's a good year then if you haven't had too many disappointments yeah, right. um okay mark uh so i um watched a fair bit uh of a couple of people at work playing sea of thieves and the kind of overriding uh, disappointment that people had was just uh, more just the lack of content uh, more than the mm. actual like specific mechanics of the game. Um, from everything yeah. that I heard is that for what was there was actually quite enjoyable. Uh, and as that builds upon over time, um, you know, there's going to be more for, for people to think into. But for what was actually there, like mechanically, um, everyone that I knew that played it uh, enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, I think it was one of those games where it's less of a case of that the whole thing coming out being disappointing because I think once you started seeing demos of that game a year or so before release, you knew what it was, you know. Um, it is, as you say, kind of like into that destiny trap of it's just kind of an empty shell that content is going to be poured into at a later date. Yeah. 
Um, kind of this in the same spirit that that No Man's Sky won the first year. Um, it's just a shell. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't for the sake of it. Kind of did what it said on the tin. There just wasn't enough of it quality. I would it, concur with that going on. Kind of like the Xbox One. Kind of like the Xbox in general. The Xbox One in general. It, don't yeah. you think it was very briefly zeitgeisty? Like for a couple of weeks, yeah. there was a lot of eyeballs on it. Because I think yeah. people really want to play a pirate game, like that uh, Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed game that that was pirate themed. I think was Black Skull, Flag. Skull and Bones. Skull, Skull and Bones is the standalone one that yeah, yeah they've just ripped the I ship think, combat I out. Kind of why, I think that's kind of why um, I, I, I was thinking to see if Thieves might win this one, though, because there was a lot of people looking at it and thinking it was uh, it was going to be this big exciting thing, and it seemed like the early impressions in those first couple of hours people had were pretty good and then it was kind of after the fact but yeah. you know I, I i i'm looking at these other games here and i i don't know that i i feel like i don't know i i don't feel like that they are particularly special disappointments i don't know it's it's the thing about it is, I think I'd be maybe more inclined to vote for CFTs if I'd actually played it myself. You know that kind of a thing. Whereas there's one game on here that I absolutely have played, and there's one game still left that, when it was originally announced, it it scratched a very particular itch for me, and then just fell completely off a cliff until release to the point where I I will never play it. Um, so I feel a bit more personally passionate about two of the games on this list than I feel about Sea of Thieves. I'm more kind of, just a kind of, not a real profound disappointment, more just a, ah, shite. Because I really was kind of like, if Sea of Thieves had come out and had bumper content, maybe I would have gotten back on, fired up the old Xbox for a while, um, which I haven't done in a long time. Um, but yeah. Um, who is next? That was, who knocked that off? That was me. Okay, so Jack's next. Uh, can someone tell me about Fe or Faye or that was yeah, uh, a can, Mark Robinson joint? I can do that. So, uh, Faye was uh, announced, and it had a kind of whimsical, uh, kind of lost in the woods, not the game, but um, the kind of vibe <laughs> of just being lost in a forest and. Um, I love the idea that you were into something immediately that looked whimsical. <laughs> I, have, I, I like fucking Mark, Studio Ghibli. Mark Come on has now. been Mark has been misled by whimsy in video games many times. A couple of times, <laughs> yeah. Um, but what Faye ended up being was this pretty substandard, um, not even action adventure, uh, pretty poor platformer uh, that didn't do a very good job of. It's one of those games where it doesn't kind of tell you what you need to do, and all of the interaction and all the the storytelling is all kind of done within the game without words and it's all through kind of actions and sounds and that kind of stuff but it doesn't do any of that particularly well um and as a result you just end up getting lost pretty quickly and not really it doesn't kind of establish straight away you know exactly what you need to do uh and as a result uh i just i bounced off of it pretty quickly uh, and i thought that Going in, it had a kind of visual charm to it um, that I thought uh, I thought it could be something special. I thought it could be a kind of low poly indie uh, type game um, that would uh, that would work. And it just it just after about two hours, it was like, no, this 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 isn't working. To quote Brando, you thought it could be a contender. You thought it could be somebody. I thought, I thought it could be a contender. I thought it could be like <laughs> it looked like something that by the end of the year I'd be really. Uh, kind of banging his drum, but just nah. Do right. you 
do you want to make him keep it on the list, Mark? Or I mean, I'll put you... like this. There's there's two games here that I've played. Um, one of these disappointed me more than the other, and you know which one it is. So uh-huh. uh, I can I, I can let this go, because uh, I know that you're going to uh, put a fight for We Happy Few, and I'd rather put a fight for the other one. So No, I'm not going to. No? <laughs> I, I kind of... Well, here's the thing, is that um, a lot of the the pre-release for we happy few so um we're down to the last two now so we'll 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 kind of move straight to the vote now in a sec but we'll talk about these last two that are left um the thing about we happy few i'm curious about these two because i i only played the demo of tennis and i didn't touch Mm. we happy few at all so i i'm curious as to what the cases are for these so my my thing about if i look at which one of these was more disappointing um so we happy few is a case of a game where original trailer and coverage of that game and the initial things we were seeing out of it was like this is kind of a it's bioshock on an acid trip it looked like a clockwork orange the game yeah yeah and like it it had survival horror elements to it and you know that that's kind of in in with the original bioshock and yeah like you said it borrows on these things like clockwork orange there was a lot of orwellian influences going on as well that's for sure um, and everyone had northern accents in it. I love a northern yeah. accent in a and, video game. And Jim Sterling was going to be in it. <laughs> um, so, like, I was initially very happy. I was very excited. This was one that was on my radar. But almost immediately after that game was announced, and that game was announced a couple of years ago, if not maybe even three years ago, pretty much everything after that more than lowered my expectations to the point where when it came out it was just as bad as i had been worried it would be it was worse though because it was broken as fuck yeah it was so broken the first time that they did an alpha that they changed the entire genre of the game because (laughs) it came out as this real like hardcore survival game not survival horror survival game like a don't starve or something where you had like hunger meters and stamina meters and tiredness meters and they were they were like really actually ticking down so they retooled it to be more like a bioshock kind of a game um but even at that and then a lot of the kind of the the the, the different skews on the special editions you can get when the game was barely functioning at all were really cynical and uh, Jim Sterling pretty much just washed his hands of the whole project was like yeah I did a voice in it I'm really not happy that I'm associated with it anymore and I don't want to talk about it kind of thing and then when it did came out, come out he did eviscerate it um, but why I would lean towards Mario Tennis Aces whereas I think it's probably a better game. It is probably a bigger disappointment because right up until I was already playing it, I was excited and thought it was going to be really good. And I couldn't put my finger on exactly why I don't like it so much. I know the fact that you can't actually play a game of tennis in it. Well, yeah, this is one <laughs> of them. Traditional tennis rules. Yeah, that they're incredibly like... Um, incredibly shortened games that there's the, the rules aren't very customizable uh, i know mark I'll, I'll hand over to mark in a second because i know he has some um some qualms about the gameplay of it as well that i didn't necessarily share but can completely sympathize with um it just felt to me like it was it was missing something uh to make it a kind of 
a, a great experience like a Mario Kart or or a Smash Brothers for me or a, or even like a really good Mario Party. It was just missing something. Nothing necessarily mechanically wrong with it. I think that there were people, Jack, you completed the story mode and, and seemed to enjoy it, but I will say the story mode was fucking hard as nails in it. And the one complaint I would have about that is that it kind of, it wasn't in the way where it gets gradually difficult over time. Like the difficulty spikes wildly in, in that story mode in a way that I just didn't really like at all. I'm a Mario uh, Tennis OG though. Ask yeah. Mark. He will verify. Um, I suppose because... I, I would imagine that, that Jack will be the one here to maybe defend Mario Tennis Aces. I'll, while we're on the negative, uh, I'll move over to Mark. And do you have anything to add there on the Mario Tennis Aces? Yeah, I was I was hyped for it going in. Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, demo that they put out. Um, and yeah. uh, just this kind of pure tournament mode to get you uh, kind of accustomed to the different characters. Um, and I didn't like that uh, the only mode you could play was with the um, kind of supercharged shots and all the special bells and whistles that I was. I just wanted kind of a, a pure tennis experience as best that a Mario tennis game would provide. Um, because I haven't really played a Mario tennis game since um, the N64 game, which is it's the one that I grew up with, is the one I'm most familiar with. And that's a game that doesn't have a lot of. Um, bits and pieces kind of bolted onto the side it's it's pretty much just a straight up tennis game but it just has mario characters um yeah there's like five shots in it yeah yeah and like that side of of mario tennis uh i enjoyed um the problems i had uh some of the characters were a little bit out of balance um and i imagine that's the kind of thing that over time that will you know have been tweaked um, but certainly there was just certain characters that just you just got destroyed um, and it, it, in that kind of more Eddie Gordo playing Tekken sort of way more than actual skill uh, and then just the, the story mode was uh, it was just there uh, I didn't get anything from it um, and that compounded I with and I think the biggest thing more than anything else I don't know if they've added it since is the fact that you couldn't do just like a full uh, six game uh, six yeah, six matches uh, for a set uh, uh, round of tennis. You know, it was only, I think, was it just, it was like one set was uh, three three games, I think. Or mm. uh, whatever, three matches. Um, so it just, I don't know, I, I bounced off of it pretty quickly um, after about two weeks. And the, the story mode wasn't particularly compelling. And I thought that... Um, I was seeing a lot of the same classes being played as uh, in the in when I was playing online. Just a lot of people playing as Chain Chomp, and uh, I just bounced off of it. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe a lot of it was me, um, but I, it didn't stick with me as as well as I thought it would. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would probably concur with all those thoughts. Before we go to a vote, Jack, do you want to make an impassioned defense? I can't make an impassioned defense because it, it disappointed yeah. me as well. Um, but it didn't disappoint me as much. I guess it was kind of like one of those what are you expecting moments um, where I played through the story mode, which I happen to really enjoy. And you're right, it was tricky. And I do like things that challenge me, not in a sort of like platform uh, shredding my fingers to yeah. pieces like Mark way, but like 
you know, in a, in a way where I, if I get something down, I'll try and beat it and, and, and try and take pride from beating it. And I enjoyed it. I thought that online was was good. Uh, it was just the things that Mark's already mentioned, really, like not being able to play a proper game of tennis was annoying. Overpowered characters and the, the power-ups and stuff was kind of annoying as well. You know, the sort of uh, playing FIFA as Barcelona element of always picking chain chomp. Uh, when you're playing against someone online, I kind of hated that as well. So, yeah, I don't know. What, what do I expect from Mario Tennis game? I kind of feel like I pretty much got what a, a solid Mario Tennis game, a 7 out of 10 Mario Tennis game. I wanted a 9, but I feel like a disappointment would have been a 5, you know? Yeah. So it's not huge. Um, whereas We Happy Few, like everything about that initially looked super cool. And then over time, all of the cool things about it just eroded to the point where the only thing that I now think is cool about it is that one gif of a guy who's sitting on a bench just going to the bus stop still in seated position. <laughs> if you've seen that, it's amazing. I will say, I think that um, for me, Mario Tennis, um, I can see the debate for even it, it could do well in okayest, the okayest category, because there are it, it's a perfectly serviceable Mario Tennis game. I guess it's just a portion of it is, is my own kind of lofty expectations where I, I don't hear a lot of redeeming qualities about We Happy Few. Yeah, fair. Um, right, let's put it to a vote. Uh, go in order uh, that we took things off again. Uh, Barry, your vote. Uh, I'd probably go We Happy Few just because I, I dicked around with that Mario thingy for a while. The, the What was it? The... Demo, and I was like, eh, you know, "This is Mario Tennis," and I, I, I didn't think any more or less of it than that. And I just, I wanted nothing really to do with uh, "Be Happy Few." Uh, I will vote for Mario Tennis, Mark. Uh, I'll go "We Happy Few," and Jack. I'll also go "We Happy Few." Ah, I know. I could have turned heel on myself, but yeah. I, I, I choose not to. I was half expecting the swerve. Yeah, Dave, just, just in case, if it was a draw, what did the uh, audience have to say about uh, this? Allow me to consult the Link to the Cast viewer poll. Mm. Downloading. Uh, of our remaining games, the only one... Uh, so, okay, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> the most disappointing, according to the fans... The most disappointing game of the year, with a twelve percent share of the votes, was Mario Tennis. So, <laughs> I am, if nothing else, the people's champion, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, oh, Dave, but, this is a mistake for you. Do not go down that route. <laughs> but uh, as the the record will state officially, the the disappointment of the year, we happy few. Okay. Interesting. I'm very curious to see how the people vote if we get deadlocked on some of these. Oh things. yeah, can we? Have we got um on the previous category as well, Dave? Uh, well, you see, I only want to reveal them if they're deadlocked because if, I'm planning okay. to put out the full people's poll results in the new oh, year nice. as an article. So okay, cool. Keep All that. Right. But uh, for the sake of argument, that time I was I was actually genuinely curious myself to see if I was on a mad one or not. Vindicated. The only a <laughs> uh, way out only got one vote in the poll. <laughs> <laughs> that's because yeah. no one played it. Uh, yeah, that's true. 
Uh, right, we're moving on now to gaming moment of the year. Previous winners, The Hospital, Metal Gear Solid 5 in 2015, 2016, E1 M1 in Doom 2016, and in 2017, Mesquite, Texas, Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Oh, fuck, I'm hype as fuck just thinking about Mesquite again. <laughs> By the way, those three are strong moments from they video were games. What was, wait, what was E1 M1 again? It was the the original Doom score coming in as you uh, as the title screen hits in the first level, oh, and then the, oh, it's punctuated oh. by the the cock of the shotgun. Yes, oh yeah, God, some moments have happened. <laughs> yeah, man, Doom this is like eight like, quid on the... the PSN store, by the way, right now. Oh, yeah. oh just you'd be silly. Game. I think all three of those, uh, like, well, in fairness, Metal Gear Solid Five, Konami actively tried to make that game worse after it came out, but definitely Doom and Wolfenstein Two are well worth picking up if you see the first hour of metal gear solid 5 is probably one of the best survival horror games i've played in years oh, the, oh dude the, the pants were gone out the window but yeah oh, it was fucking so good terrifying and then it just took a real left turn into a normal metal gear solid game after that yeah. but if if all of death stranding is like that i don't know how i'm gonna do with that game <laughs> it was like kojima going i'm making silent hills motherfucker whether you want me to or not <laughs> anyway um, the nominees this year for Gaming Moment of the Year. Uh, a Way Out's developer goes on a mad one live on the Game Awards, which I'm so oh. thankful just about made it under the cutoff date. Um, boosting I like about that. That guy's <laughs> awesome. Uh, boosting like mad in Onrush. The E3 reveal trailer for Cyberpunk 2077. The thunk of your axe returning to hand in God of War, Dad of Boy. Uh, winning Blackout in Call of Duty Black Ops 4, going underwater in World 2 of Astrobot Rescue Mission, beating a B-side in Celeste, Greg Miller's shirtless Spider-Man ends up in the actual Spider-Man game, and then also in Guacamelee 2, uh, Miles and Peter on the ceiling in Marvel's Spider-Man, Mask costume reveal Hitman 2 and the other thing that was on the list that I accidentally deleted before it went to the poll was the Red Dead Redemption 2 mission where you get pissed and try to find Lenny in the saloon um, yes I think that's a great write in I think that should definitely be on this list uh, I had Brian uh, former co-host of the program arguing with me that the end of chapter 3 uh, where you uh, storm the me. mansion and, and you that that should have been included but i think the one that has gained more there's two moments that have like proper kind of almost become viral in love themselves and there's there's lenny and then there's the uh <laughs> that clip that someone put up of like the the npcs talking to each other and john morrison getting really sassy with a woman at the <laughs> campsite have you seen that video was like what karen <laughs> have you um have you seen the one where he's trying to scare the priest and he like, you know, you can press a button to fire your gun up in the air and he just shoots yeah. a bird out of the sky by mistake. <laughs> yeah. Fucking that oh, game is awesome. Good stuff. Uh, right. Okay. So we have already started. Uh, I, uh, Jack, you start this time. Ooh, these are all, these are all pretty good. There's not, there's just sort of this one that I could take off here just straight away to throw a real spanner in, in someone's works, but I'm definitely not going to do it. Um, uh, so I am going to say, uh, as much as I really love the, the thing that happened, it didn't actually <laughs> feature in a game. So I'm going to go with A Way Out's developer goes on a mad one. Now, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's so amazing. Good, it is a great moment, but it's not 
technically in a game. It's just a dude who is on something. He's drunk. <laughs> he's drugged. He starts swearing and flipping off the camera and just carrying companies he's worked for. Also, what does it what does it say that that's the most notable thing about that game? It really is. Yeah. Oh, do and... you know what? If if a way out came with like a full kind of four K rendering of that rant. I would have oh. bought it yesterday. Glorious. Yeah. It, it was I, I was tempted to put, just in defense of A Way Out, the ending of A Way Out, I was tempted to put on this list because it's great. But uh, I, I, I didn't think I was not going to win. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take uh, the as good. Look, if you haven't seen it from the Keeleys, the Game Awards last year, just just sit down in a comfortable chair turn off the lights get some popcorn and just stick that youtube video on repeat it is it never gets less funny it's a year later and jack and i are still chuckling at the very thought of us just um, what was he trying to achieve <laughs> i don't understand just, uh, the, the sheer like i uh, like how like I, I refuse to accept that my game is terrible you know like uh, if this game comes out and it's terrible you know that's oh, that's so good it's so good and a weirdly uh, positive yet negative energy I don't know how he, you'd like him. <laughs> he was super mad about how happy he was. Yeah, it just, <laughs> class. It was brilliant. But not in a game, so I can't have it winning. Yeah, right. Barry. Uh, uh, Cyberpunk trailer. Ooh. Not that yeah. good. Good, was it? It's just a bunch of fucking CGI, whatever. Uh, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I, I, did not, I did not think it was that good. I thought it was a pretty Why? cool little... Uh, Barry uh, super kicked CD Projekt Red through the barbershop window. They, I tell you, the, the better thing right, was a couple months later when they put out that gameplay. Uh, that was cool. Uh, this trailer, I was like, yes, yeah, yeah, okay, sixty seconds of like proof of concept art, fucking whatever. Like, yeah, no. Uh, look, I I really like that trailer. And it was kind of it was one of the highlights of E3 for me. But compared to a couple of things on this list. Yeah, I'm happy. To, I'm I, like I. I wouldn't argue about seeing it gone now. I think Mark, were you the one that nominated this? Do you want to keep Possibly. it on? Or how, yeah. I, I, I'm happy to go on the. Uh, I suppose it's slightly more flimsy argument here that it's not technically an actual moment in a game. Um, but I mean, I and we've had this discussion before, Dave. That the thing that holds me back from playing The Witcher is that just the the setting that you're a real bastard yeah that is that the setting that it is set (laughs) in is nothing that appeals to me whatsoever um oh very good games don't appeal to you uh yeah that's what it is so is it blonde guys you don't like i've been blonde i i like nirvana come on (laughs) i've been blonde i was blonde blonde. some of my best friends are blonde exactly um but the, the actual trailer for this i mean i you know, I love um, the, the genre of, of cyberpunk. Um, you know, I'm an anime fan. Kind of, they go in the same boat. Uh, and this got me hyped. This this genuinely got me hyped for for this game. Um, I think that uh, there are a few things on here as actual kind of in-game moments that uh, I, I'd probably put above it. Um, and uh, I'm kind of with Barry that you know the actual kind of in-game footage that they showed was kind of more like you know getting an actual idea of what the fuck this game is. Um, yeah, it's one of those. This gives you the feel for it rather than what it's actually going to be. Yeah, I, as a, as an actual trailer, like if we were doing best trailers of the year, I'd probably go for this. So there's that. Yeah. You know oh what? no! I I'm sorry. The, the best trailer is... of the year is when Le- Luigi got shoot murdered. Yeah. 
in the Smash Brothers trailer. Sure, yeah. <laughs> He's canonically it, dead now. Never forget that. But it stood out the most at E3 because we'd had so much bland nonsense and Microsoft buying studios that it was just it was like, a real oh. poor E3 this year. I think that's why, yeah, yeah it felt like a shot in the arm. It's right, there'll be I no got one there hyped. next year. It's fine. So did you say you're, you don't mind seeing it go at this yeah, point? Yeah, I, I don't mind. Yeah, dust it off. Very cordial so far this year, guys. It makes me feel like there's a real bloody feud everyone's spoiling for. <laughs> the the I, most dander I got was Barry going, nah. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of a little bit surprised at that one personally, because I, I didn't, I deliberately don't talk to any about like what's going to be your winner in any category. But I actually thought that was going to win and I was going to be outvoted on us. So I'm pleasantly surprised by that. Um, and speaking of me, I'm up next. Um, right, what is here? Okay. Mm, there are two moments I have here kind of circled in my head that I'm thinking about eliminating. One is from a game I've played and one is from a game I have not. So, for the sake of you, my friend Barry, I will not eliminate the one that you definitely put on here. And I'm going to go with as cool as it is and as underrated a game as I think it is and as criminal it is that fuck all people played it. Uh, I don't think, as cool as it was, it's going to win. So, boosting like mad in Onrush, as much of an adrenaline rush as it feels. Um, I'm sad. Yeah, I'm, also- I'm just sad about that game in general. Yeah, yeah. it was so cool, man. That was it's a- so cool, and when the, when you boost, when the music kicks in, oh, it's great. Oh, yeah. Man. It has that SSX3 thing of like you go through the right part of the level, and everything just layers, and the music gets bigger, and yeah. Um, I like it did so poorly in, in terms of sales from by by all accounts that I would be I would be willing to put a little bit of money that uh, an embarrassing percentage of the sales of this game can be directly traced back to Barry's Twitter <laughs> <laughs> and the people that bought it because oh, he was playing. That is, it. that is embarrassing. That is embarrassing. <laughs> a lot of limerick based purchases yeah. of this yeah. game. It certainly got me to. Play, uh, to, to buy it and then to bully Jack and Niner into playing no, no, I was well aware of Barry's tweet so when you said on oh, Rush good. I was like oh yeah that sounds amazing I, I, I got it from an unnamed source the enthusiasm yeah. and it was Barry <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real shame it's, I think SSX is a good show it's, it feels like an EA big game it really does and, and video games are missing those these days for sure but uh, yeah I, I don't think it hangs unfortunately you know what it is it's a mid-tier video game yeah. it's not an indie game and it's not it a triple A game yeah. and there's not enough mid-tier games anymore and think. it's a lot of those mid-tier games that do exist usually get put out for 60 quid which people just they're not going to pay it because A um, it it's it's hard with this and there's a whole entire other conversation about um, you know what is the correct price for a video game um, but I think part of it also comes down to is that you look at games and they're, they're knocked down 20 30 percent you know within weeks at times um, but even then I don't know it was interesting I I, it, it, I did surprise me as well um, maybe it's because Burnout Paradise came out this year and, and a lot of people kind of got there was that last year um, no, that was, that this, was year. this year. It's, so it's, maybe it's, it's coming up later. That is true. Yeah. So I think maybe. <laughs> oh, it's coming up. So later. maybe just a lot of people <laughs> oh, got dear. their, you know, feel of that type of game there, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, I also think that the price point as well, Barry, was really saucy at first, wasn't it? It was like full price for I the, think the arcade so. experience, and I think it was, wasn't it? That oh yeah, there was a double discount on PlayStation Plus that brought it down to thirty euro, and that's when you bit on it and I bit on it as well. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, pri- that's a co- that's happened a couple of times in recent years where I think they've the one of the biggest things that's hobbled a really promising game is that the price point was completely misread. Um, going into it, that the real shame because that is coming up later in some of the bigger categories on Rush because it is genuinely a fucking belter of a game, and I look forward to talking about it some more. Uh, Mark. Black Ops Four does that have to be on here? Really? Oh. This is the, that's the one that I was going to get rid of. Jesus, who don't know what it feels like? I see how it is. <laughs> I see how it is. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I, all my all my uh, my blackout support. It's they're all very 2017 takes. I just never got on the battle royale uh, train until Blackout came out. So I'm I'm a bit behind the times. Um, but one thing I will say is that 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 game is so good and that mode is so good and it has you and your pals you're very much acting like people act like in ubisoft e3 presentations you're coordinating more than you do in any other um then this is uh, absolutely coming off of the list then <laughs> oh that mark robbins is a cold fish i will back Mario up this game is super fun it's a call of duty game and it they do absolutely nail the uh the battle royale element and it's it's really fun i played it around biggs's house i enjoyed it but it there's better stuff on here barry and you there is, there is there is better stuff i i absolutely will yeah i'll concede that for sure it's, it's but it, it, it deserves a mention for sure it's, it's a great game and it's it's a great i never thought I, I liked PUBG quite a bit i never thought i'd get in on any of the me too genre uh, uh battle royale stuff but they've they made a hell of a thing with that but uh, yeah, i can go off of course yeah um were you just out of personal curiosity uh barry when you played blackout on call of duties were you an advocate of what mary kish calls the wiener strategy of battle royale games Absolutely. did you just hide until everybody was out of the way yeah. Me and the boys, we drop and fire in range. We we get spicy right away. It's either it's it's kill or be killed, and that sets the tone for the rest of the game. I'm not I'm not no coward. I tell you that much. I genuinely now that we're talking about battle royal games, I think you and I, Barry, really missed a trick for not nominating a bunch of murder island moments from Giant Bomb last year. Yeah, yeah. I think genuinely like Abby shooting Vinny in the ass with a shotgun by accident or That's Vinny right. mowing down two people with incredible precision in a car yeah. all these kind of st- things um, I kind of yeah the battle royale genre I just haven't there I enjoyed watching people play PUBG but Fortnite I tried for a while didn't really appeal to me and Call of Duty long since lost any hope of getting my money every year so as much as everybody says this is a really fun installment and Blackout is really good, uh, yeah, just wasn't for me, so I, I can't really speak on it. Um, we'll knock that one off the list, which brings us back to Jack. I'm going to really upset someone here, Dave. Oh. <laughs> um, because of all the things that are left on this... There is one that I don't have any emotional investment in, um, just because I haven't really, like, actually felt what it would be like to to do this. Um, and I, I've watched plenty of the game, and I think it's it really deserves a mention in a lot of other categories because it it is genuinely brilliant. Um, but I'm sorry, Mark, 
but I'm gonna have to take B, oh. B side for Celeste. What a swerve! What a swerve! It's like he's gonna get me. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oh, what a master of the craft, Jack. No, no, no. Because I'm, I'm not even, words. I'm not even angry about this because I know this is. Um, I think it's me and Barry. I think mostly when it comes to Celeste. Um, yeah. Obviously, it goes without saying that Celeste uh, scratches a particular itch of mine. And when it comes to um, having the conversation about Celeste, uh, I'm I'm gonna fight for it far more vigorously in other categories. Um, but there is certainly uh, a, 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 tr a feeling of, of euphoria and triumph, fucking beating one of those B side levels. Um, that is up there with the the likes of you know Super Meat Boy or, or Rayman for just real kind of bastard hard challenges, uh, but done th through excellent level design. Um, but I'm I'm fine to see it go here because I will fight for it elsewhere. Fair, okay. I thought that was going to be a lot more emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Mark is saving himself. He is saving himself. I, I think Mark maybe appreciated the theatre of Jack Swerve there and just couldn't, couldn't get out of the way of it. <laughs> you thought I was coming for you, didn't you? You do. You're damn right I did. Uh, Barry, next. Uh, I thought the Greg Miller stuff was fun, but I, I don't think yeah. it's up there. No, uh, I think I think it was, it was really fucking funny. Uh, like... Just the idea that he created, just being like loud, boorish Greg Miller created this character of shirtless Spider-Man where he just took off his shirt, put on a Spider-Man mask and would just basically gate crash his own website streams and shows as this <laughs> character just roaring and shouting in a really bad Spider-Man character. And he did it for so long and like the community kind of took this shirtless Spider-Man thing to the nth degree and they had official printouts of, that you could slip into the sleeve of your Spider-Man game when it came out where you could replace the cover image with shirtless Spider-Man. <laughs> um, and then the game comes out and they had put Greg Miller as shirtless Spider-Man in the game. It's not his voice, but it, it it's him in the is it the halloween party where you're you're walking around and everybody's kind of dressed as a different member of the rose gallery or there's loads of different spider-mans and there's just a drunk shirtless spider-man there yeah and then that was that was really funny and then literally i think when we were putting together this poll guacamelee 2 announced that by putting in like a cheat code on the main menu you could unlock shirtless arachnid man <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which was Greg Miller, a shirtless Spider-Man, and not only that, not only you play as him, but also his dog, um, which that's is just cool. one of those. Chilo, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so, I love, I love Guacamelee. They are, they are really, they are very uh, community focused. Because you remember, I don't think he was in the base game, but I think Guacamelee won special edition. They patched in a player Uno art in the background at one point. Yeah, they, they, I like the way they engage. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, drink juice box, drink box drink games. Box. Drink games. I like they. I like their 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 community focus on that stuff. And to be fair, I, I cut this just because I don't think it hangs. I like Greg an awful lot. I thought this, the the Spider Man stuff was a lot of fun, but yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, not not on this list. I don't think this this is about where it should land because it genuinely was a surreal and hilarious moment. But I, I think everything else here on the list probably deserves to stay a bit longer. That's fair. Uh, right, my turn next. Oh, this, it's getting real tough now. <laughs> Fuck. This is actually a really yeah. hard choice. And I'm really mad that you took my original God of War suggestion off. 
What was your original God of War suggestion? When you get the Chaos Blades back. Ah, oh, yeah. forget that should be on here. I have... in, in fairness, that is significantly more of a moment than as satisfying okay. as the thunk of your axe returning to your hand like, is every single uh, time it happens. I, my... my brain is broken because I nominated that and didn't even notice it's not on this list. I nominated I... it as well. Like, Dave, really? what have you okay. got against My Chaos apologies. Blades? My apologies. Right, let's replace that. I love that, the axe ax coming back, but that, that moment is the moment. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's, that's, that's my... Hold on, I'm put. I'm I'm doing it all wrong. Um, I will put that in. I didn't realize it got a second vote. That's my mistake. Because it was one, it was one vote each, and I was just like, I, everybody like I didn't have a like. I was like, oh, what did I put on here? And I just did the thunk, guys. The thunk. You know? it, it, it deserves a mention. But... Yeah. Um. So we'll go blades of chaos. That makes things even harder now. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Because I was probably going to get rid of the thunk. Um. <laughs> The Thunkosaurus. Yeah, I was going to slam dunk the Thunk. Um, fuck, what goes now? Um, right. <laughs> do you know what? The one... The one I was going to do is for a game that I've only started playing and haven't gotten as far as this part yet. So I'm going to say what I was going to do, and if it's disagreed with, then I'll just pass, and we'll go to the next person, because everything else here I really love. Um, I was going to eliminate the Astrobot nominee, going underwater. Oh, world Dave! Dave! Oh. Look, <laughs> I, I've literally just started playing this game, and for all I know, I will end up agreeing with you, because I literally was on World... Two, I thought it was going to be like level one of World 2, which is as far as I got yesterday. Um, and unfortunately, uh, I, I didn't get to go underwater. Um, so pl please talk to me about it. If there's something you'd prefer uh, it would go, then I'll just pass my turn. Uh, well, so it's it's you 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 you've probably uh, uh, discerned already that that Astro Boss is this extremely charming thing, and it's also it, it's a great introductory VR thing because it does all the cool VR things of oh there's something stuck on your visor oh hey here's a thing above your head for scale here's you know um, you know here's a, a a kind of motion based uh, level um and and the the underwater thing is basically you're on this beach level it's it's lots of fun you're you're doing your little astrobot thing and then uh you, you kind of press a button and you go underwater and it's the sense of scale when you go underwater is wonderful the sense of control you have is fantastic as well it's like the most fun i've ever had in a, in a water level um it's it's really really great uh, I, I don't think there's any other support here anyway, so I, I think it's probably fair to cut it. But um... I, I'm sorry, Barry. Like, and I probably will within a couple of days of this send you a text and go, yeah, okay, fair. But... It's going to be your hitman moment. For yeah, sure. just just because I haven't got to it and I've gotten through all these other moments and love them that you know, yeah. and because you That's... took the thunk away from me and that was going to be on the chopping block. <laughs> <laughs> so you're hoisted by your own petard in this one. You know what? There must be a lot of affluence in the Republic of Ireland, gentlemen, because I can't afford VR, but Dude, I really it, do want to play Astrobot. The the package with Astrobot in it came down under two hundred quid for the first time here, so that's all I bit on Black Friday. Dave, check out these rich Irish people that were in this. No recession around here. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose in that uh, in in the UK, you're on your hard times at the moment. Like you've got to ration things. Oh mate, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, 
Right, okay. So that's me done. Mark, you're next, and I, I do not envy this task because we got four very strong contenders here. Um, Mark well... is a real wild card here because <laughs> I don't know what he's going to go for. <laughs> I never know from one moment to the next. Like, well, I haven't got a clue. Well, to be honest, um, I'll I'll get the the feeling of the room about it because I haven't played it. Um, what is the, the Red Dead moment? You motherfucker. <laughs> no, I, I'm not saying I'm gonna have it taken off. I just I need to know what it is. Look, okay, so there are moments, uh, like in Red Dead, where it's like, okay, this is really cool characterization. This is really cool storytelling, or that was a really fun kind of like shootout sort of mission and things like that. And a lot of them are exceptional, but I wouldn't say, oh, that was the best of this experience I've had this year. I don't think I have laughed out loud by myself in the dark at a video game as much as I laughed at this mission where you're basically you're in a saloon with your buddy from your gang Lenny and you get increasingly inebriated over the night and then your mission is to find Lenny in the saloon while you're both drunk and hallucinating and getting in fights with people and getting thrown out windows and Kind of like, you remember, Mark, when I made you play Heavy Rain with me? Uh, yes, unfortunately. And the walking around going, Jason! Uh-huh. Imagine that, but really drunk in an old West saloon, falling around, just very various screens of, Lenny! To okay. me, I- it reaches its peak where when you go upstairs, everyone has Lenny's head on, and you have yeah. to speak to each individual person for them to turn from Lenny back into the person they were when you were originally trying to find Lenny. Like, I was so tripped out by that. There's, like, yeah. men, women, and children yeah. all with Lenny's head and just have no yeah. fucking idea what's going on. They, they had a, a heavy rain uh, Lenny-style interface where you had a button to, yeah. press to just yell Lenny, but then after a few minutes, because you're so drunk, the the lettering on the button prompt it's going like backwards and upside down and everything it's like there's actually another sequence later in the game a, a, an alcohol focused segment that i won't really get into because it's, it's not on this list but it's, it's some of the funniest like drunk humor i've seen in any medium in quite a while i feel like you've seen one you've seen it, them all at the stage yeah but it's this- hard to do like drunk humor and and have it feel like original or fresh or anything like that. But this is like, yeah, particularly that bit where you're going upstairs, Jack, and you burst into a room. And let's say there are <clears throat> people <laughs> engaging with one another. Activities. <clears throat> there are activities abound, and they look like Lenny. And then there's like an early moment when, before you realize that it's definitely a hallucination, where you go to a group of people and they all look like Lenny, and you have that half second in your head where you're just like, "Am I racist?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, "Oh no, they're doing a thing here. Thank God." <laughs> Um, and you know I think and I don't know about you two but this is the first moment where like I was like you know what I fucking love Arthur Arthur is a brilliant character I really like him and this is also the moment where oh yeah this is the same people who do Grand Theft Auto (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean like it's a real slow contemplative old death of the west game and then this comes in and you're just like i could easily see this happening with trevor and gta 5 or something like that yeah uh, yeah i i love the lenny moment uh I, like i i think it finishes higher on the list personally does anyone want to see, like you want to see it gone mark no i'm not i i'm not oh. saying i want to see it gone it's just because i don't know it i i need to 
have it established to me what it is uh, uh, to compare it to everything else. I would have it top two. I think. Yeah, I, it's top two for me. I think it could win. I would ha- be happy with something else winning. I think um, I'll just I'll, I'll just say I guess I'll just say that right to no point. Keep keeping my cards this close to my chest this late in the game. I think it's better than the Spider-Man moment that's left, and I think it's better than uh, the Hitman moment. I don't I don't, I, I, I like the Hitman moment a whole hell of a lot. I don't think I don't think yeah. that, that to, that to me. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll say this. Um, out of the two moments that I have experienced, uh, I will say that uh, Miles and Peter uh, on the ceiling is, is a cool moment to, to end the game, but Bl- the Blades of Chaos bit is this kind of like going into the kind of final chapter of the game or the third chapter of the game and, and kind of really ups yeah, the Yeah, it's, it's ended it's end of the second act, isn't it? Yeah, uh, so I think that out of those two, I'd, I'd probably cut Miles and Peter just because the, the Blades of Chaos is... is it's significant as both um, a, a storyline uh, thread beat and also adds a new mechanic as well. And fucking is incredible and awesome and <sighs> just brilliant. Yeah, look, I, the Miles and Peter moment, I think, is a really cool bit of fan service, especially if you're somebody who, like, enjoys the Spider-Man character in other medium. Me. And and you're somebody who has been longing for Miles to, to get his due. Me. Um, <laughs> this is yeah. my moment that's left. I, I sense that it's kind of that the, the bell is tolling for this moment, but <laughs> it's really cool that they've, act, you know, because... I've got to say, all the way through Spider-Man, and we'll get onto it definitely in the next category, but they set things up and then gradually get to them really well. And I think the way they held off on Miles um, all the way through the story and just had this as a setup for the next game and like potentially the ability to launch into the ultimate Spider-Man, maybe death of Spider-Man angle in either Spider-Man 2 or even 3 if it continues to go on and be really great. Um, you definitely have- will miles take over like to me as a spider-man fan that that makes me really excited um but then i saw into the spider-verse yeah. <laughs> like a week or two ago and i'm like oh damn so they just went and did miles morales and it was cool as fuck so yeah. because that property exists i'm comfortable taking this off because i've got my miles morales fix uh, in in a better feature length movie which i had a blast with right jack we're sticking with you Oh boy. Uh, um oh. We can just throw it out to the floor if you want. We're at three now, so I guess I guess we've kind of covered um Lenny and as you boys mentioned, the Blades of Chaos is an excellent, excellent escalation point in, in the back end of God of War God of War. Where it's like, okay, shit just got real. It's that moment, the bad boys two circling camera around Martin <laughs> Martin Lawrence and Will Smith moment. Shit just got real. Um, yeah. So, as I love the hell out of this, and I think top three is a really good finish for this. But the the mascot costume. Oh my god. Reveal, I'm gonna so have good. to. It's it's brilliant, but of the three that are left, it's it's slightly the weakest, I would say. Yeah, um, I, I would agree. I love to hell that you can dress up like a fucking... And it's Dave's Twitter avatar for, like, what, three or four months you had that? Yeah, it's, oh, and it's it going back smile. after Christmas, I'm sure. <laughs> it made me smile every time I saw it, but uh, if you compare it to these other two, like, but, juggernaut moments from but, excellent games... My uh, favorite I, thing about the, the mascot costume reveal is not only how silly it was, and we'd seen it at E3 how silly it was, but it was the context in which you find it, and the fact that, like, it's a real meta moment that, unlike 
you actually finding the mascot and beating them up and taking their costume. You're finding the guy that moments before you arrived on the scene had already beaten up the actual mascot and taken yeah. his costume. So you're beating up the guy who originally the stole guy. the costume. Yeah. That is yeah, that is the best wrinkle of it, is that you beat up the guy that beats up the guy that yeah. was the original it's like, mascot. It's like I felt like I arrived 90 seconds after somebody else had just had a playthrough of this level, you know? Yeah. It's it's really funny. It's really cool. Hitman 2 is a lot of fun. Uh, but, yeah. 2 is a goddamn hoot. It's, it's, it's so good. It's, every, it's everything you hope for when they said, hey, we're making more Hitman. Uh, so you won't get any Hitman descent from me, but I, I don't think it. It's just uh, on this list, I don't think so. Yeah, same. Uh, okay, we're down to a straight vote. <clears throat> um, so before before we vote, because we talked we talked about Lenny, I think we have to. Talk, <laughs> I think we have to talk about Link to Chaos. <laughs> it just kills me every time. Lenny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Talk about it, Barry. The first couple of hours, or the first really half of God of War. It's much like pre-release. You'd play it and you'd almost wonder, like, is this is this a reboot? Have they started again? Are we set after the last game? What are we doing here? Oh, there's a little nod here and there to three, but where are we at? You know, and, and they're, they're very much concerned with telling their own story, righting the wrongs of the previous stories, building the character up as, as this more grounded thing, not the angsty, you know, uh, 13-year-old fodder uh, that... that, that Kratos was in the in in the last series of games, but when it comes time, when you first get that hint, there's that dialogue to suggests Kratos just he might need another weapon, he might need something else to advance through this part of the of the story, and you get that that sensation like no, they're not they're not talking about those are they they couldn't possibly talk about it, and then it's just this whole scene where it's this incredibly epic build-up it is it is the the john wick going into his his garage and 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 demolishing the the floor to pull up his guns moment Mm. uh uh for for god of war where where the you know they they were writing a lot of wrongs from the original trilogy but this was the moment which kind of tipped its cap to hey you know god of war was fucking badass for what it was hey thanks for sticking around guys thanks for sticking around and it's still it's kratos still whips ass buddy he's still you know he's still cool and he's gonna you know he's gonna do it old school one more time it was it was steve austin coming out one more time for around this Stutters. Uh, are you comparing to... this to WrestleMania 19? <laughs> I, I, I think that's actually a, a brilliant uh, uh, comparison. Um, it was, it was the, the idea of it was great, but the execution of it was great. The long rowboat section and the, the whole time during that rowboat section, you you get the feeling you know where this is ending, you know. Yeah. And you just dare I dream, you know? Yeah, and it's, it's to great. save his son as well, because uh, as an Atreus has got ill, hasn't he? He's like, yeah. believing himself to be mortal or whatever the, the issue was. And you know, guys, when you first get those Blades of Chaos, you walk out and there are some, like, jobber enemies just in the little section there. Yeah, the mean and street posse. And you <laughs> do the first few, like, attacks with it and you just rip everything in half and you're like, the power that surges through your hands as you're doing that is so satisfying and they they felt great as well uh, oh oh man it's 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 weird because it's like it, it's like this and the, and the red dead moment they're they're just opposite ends of of the spectrum in terms of what they are but i feel like yeah. they're just all so 
Oh, can man, I, can I, I say as well, uh, in, in a game of great moments, I want to do two honorable mentions before we go straight to the vote for God of War moments. And I'm not going to bring up the thunk again as good as it is. Uh, the two other ones, the reveal of who Atreus is... Yes, which yeah. I won't. I won't give it. I know, kind of, you know, it's game of the year, so spoilers, ho. But still, I'm not gonna that that particular one when it started to dawn on me during that kind of last walking section. I was like, oh, that's badass. It's a great setup for God of War two. Um, that and then the almost Marvel esque post credit scene Aww. of getting a visitor at the house at the very end. I came out of my fucking seat. Pop, huge pop. Oh, yeah. What a game, lads. What a game. Great game. What, what a year. Uh, right, let's what, go to a vote. Uh, to counter that, that right, you think he's going to say something else, but then he says Lenny again. All right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they're different, like, they're, they're like you said, they're, they're opposite ends of the spectrum. They are both singular moments that I will never forget. Uh, for entirely different reasons. Um, right, let's go to a vote. I, I, I'll go for... Uh, no, we'll go in order, as we have been doing. Uh, Jack. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I don't want to go first. <laughs> Do you not, Jack? Because oh. it sounded so enthusiastic to that point. Oh, no. Oh. oh. I'm looking back at the previous winners, and I'm thinking... I'm thinking what's going to hang here. And I, I think, yeah, I think you're thinking exactly how I am. I think they both hang, but just the most impactful. It it's gonna be the chaos. It's gonna be the blades of chaos all day long. I think when you look back and you see that that rogues gallery of of, of winners from from previous years, I I think it sits nicely amongst them. And as funny as it would be to read out and shout Lenny every year for you, Dave. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> in fact actually i might have just talked myself out of it <laughs> uh, no I'll, I'll go with the blades of chaos Barry. the return of the return I, I i think um i think i think um jack is spot on it's it's uh, i think it's the more legendary moment um uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about Blades of Chaos for years to come. I think we'll talk about Lenny as well for years to come. I will. But, uh, I, I think we I think we all will. I think it's it's a it's a damn fine runner up, but, but Blades of Chaos. It's also like longer. There's more to it. There's more going on. It's like uh, it, it's it's just it's it's an easy winner for me. I I, I think it's 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 really top notch. Okay, so your winner. For uh, gaming, oh, oh, sorry, yeah, <laughs> sorry for for uh, the sake of it's the list. <laughs> so uh, yeah, actually, sorry, I was going to go sorry, with uh, the thunk of my axe, but uh. as we now <laughs> remove that, I'll settle for Blades of Chaos. Yeah, cool. So it's it's four zip. For Mark, you do realize, like, if we still had our band, there would be a song called Blades of Chaos by now. Oh, right? absolutely, Surely. of course. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that there'd be a song called Axe Funk. <laughs> It'd be, no, there'd be a song called Lenny. Hey. Yeah, Have you seen my friend Lenny? Um, right. So gaming moment of the year for 2018. Blades of Chaos, God of War. I mean, it must be a Megadeth song, surely. Okay. Second last category for part one of the program is oh, best boy, this is... story. Oh, this is hard. This 
this is a category that uh, we only started doing last year after the 20 the discussion on 2016 game of the year to kind of necessitate us creating a best story category uh, the only previous best winner in this category last year wolfenstein 2 the new colossus and well deserved because that game still play troubles me at night um the nominees this year god of war celeste red dead redemption 2 marvel spider-man where the water tastes like wine the awesome adventures of captain spirit and life is strange season two episode one um and it's i believe i'm the only one that hasn't gone first yet so i will go first on this one hmm this is a tough list because it's a combination of games i have played and enjoy quite a bit and it's a couple of ones i'm not really that much of an expert on um I'm gonna, and I'm sorry, Jack, uh, just because I feel like if we're going to nominate something as best story, it should be a complete artifact. Um, the start of Life is Strange Season 2 is what yeah, I'm going to That's why I put it as a forward slash with um, Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit, because they tie really nicely into each other. But mm-hmm. if you had to pick one of the two, I would probably take off. Uh, Life is Strange episode one because I, I think that it's got the potential to be really interesting and I, and I can't wait to see what they do with it um, I mean I think the f- entire fan base would lose their shit if there wasn't at least some mention of the, the Max Chloe at some stage as well to come and there's obviously um, fractures of the paranormal appearing in, in the chapter that we have now uh, with Daniel so yeah, fair enough. I'll I'll let it go. Um, Barry, I know you're another uh, another Life is Strange stan. Um, have you played this, and and what do you think? Uh, no, I, I I didn't play. I actually did not play either Captain Spirit or Life is Strange season two episode one. I'm I'm quite behind, um, which is a shame because uh, I love Life is Strange. I heard good things about both of them. They, I just did not get around to them, unfortunately. Mm. Um, uh, Before the actually... storm was amazing as well. Really I like before the storm, yeah. I, I had some uh, some gripes with it, but overall, I thought it was a, a, a net positive to the uh, to the lore, for lack of a better term. Um, yeah, love life is strange. Uh, this is this is a high on my list. Now that I've missed season, uh, now that I've missed episode one, I think I might do the old uh, wait for episode three to come out and just do the whole lot. Um, I always yeah. like doing that. Um, but yeah, um, I, I'm I'm glad to see that it's nominated though. And I was talking to some people on Twitter about it during the week. And generally speaking, the buzz seems to be pretty damn good on that first episode. So that's good. Um, but yeah, I, I, and Captain Spirit, I will have to get to at some point very soon. Yeah, it did some interesting social commentary stuff as well. Like, so the two um, main characters are brothers, uh, and they're both Mexican. And there was like a lot of allusions to like them heading further south in america and <laughs> what that kind of might be like for them and, and the perception of them and in that culture so yeah it it does a lot of themes um and I, I read a few reviews and stuff that i kind of agree with if there was going to be a knock on it it's that it, it, it's not fully formed and it, it never is going to be as the first episode and something so um i am very interested to see where they go with episodes two three four five etc so yeah i'm happy for it to go here okay and we're sticking with you jack you're next oh um can somebody and i'm not necessarily saying to knock it off but can somebody sell me uh where the water tastes like wine please <laughs> 
I absolutely can, my friend. Um, this is a game where now my, my preface for this is I, I don't think this is going to win based on unless I'm mistaken. I think I'm the only person here who's played it. But I do think it deserves to finish higher up the list. Um, basically, the conceit of the game, Jack, is that you're a cursed skeleton doomed to wander the American heartland around the, the period of time we're talking is like around the industrialization of America, the kind of like the, the around like railroads are getting developed. Think of like um, the interactive Mark Twain experience almost. Um, <laughs> but with less of the racism. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Not no racism, that's for sure. Um, you, but you're a cursed skeleton doomed to wander the American wasteland, as I said. Uh, and you're, what you're told to do is that you have to go and collect folklore. You might ask, Jack, why was that? And I think this next statement might be what sells you on finishing this game uh, higher up the list. The reason you were cursed to do so is because in a, a dark and spooky saloon, you lost a hand of cards to a man with the head of a wolf voiced by none other than Sting. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I, I seriously was prepared for that statement to go in many different directions. But yeah. I, got, I mean, I'm just going to absolve myself from this yeah. completely that that's you have r-u-n-o-f-t'd me on this category <laughs> my friend <laughs> so the i'll just kind of describe the rest of it. so you basically yeah the opening scene in the game you're at this saloon and it's all kind of the the cut scenes and stuff are all done in this really stylized there's a real kind of like gravelly voice the exact kind of narration you would expect for a story about the american countryside in this period of time is the exact narration you get and you've got your text on the screen with like these these beautiful kind of like hand-drawn drawings of what's going on and you kind of you're playing your your hand of cards with a shadowy figure and he kind of leans out of the shadows and that's when you realize he has the the head of a wolf and it's very recognizably sting the voice and i looked it up and it is legit sting it's not somebody doing an impression of sting it's sting uh, which is wild for this indie game having that. Um, and then you kind of like the overworld map, you kind of walk around. And one of the reasons it isn't kind of like high up on my game of the year list is because the actual walking around is a little bit janky on my PC. I don't know if that's a uniform thing, but it certainly was a bit janky for me. But the actual minute to minute gameplay, like you go to different towns across America and there are these different like kind of points of interest on the map and each one of them is interacting with a different person and they're telling a story and you kind of like trade stories with them your your stories are basically your currency they tell you the story in the style of like a choose your own adventure where you kind of like they'll tell you a chunk of the story and there'll be two options maybe at the bottom and you'll pick one and see where the story goes and your idea is to kind of like help spin the yarn and craft the full story and get to the end and then you're done and you can move on from there um, it's really clever and like loads of the different stories in this are penned by different people uh, both people who are writers within video games and people who are kind of like just in the broader games community Austin Walker from Waypoint wrote one of the stories in this which uh-huh. now is another reason for you to uh... yeah uh, that's that's what that's where I heard of it first I think I think he does the one there's a bit with a a priest in it and it's kind of like all about kind of race in this period of time and i'm pretty sure that's the that's either the one he's involved in or it's the one he liked the most from the ones he didn't do um yeah it's like all it's got going well i say all it's got going for it like it's the thing it's got going for it most is its story its soundtrack is a close second we'll talk about that later um 
but I think it's a phenomenal story. Um, this kind of anthology of American folklore and it's its story does a job better than than most games this year at really placing you in a time and place and feeling real authentic to the era so i really 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 liked where the water tastes like wine this... so, you, so basically you can fuck off getting off the list <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah, this... Now, now that's unnecessary. <laughs> I, I, fair enough. I um, I, I really might have to take a step back here then, because, I mean, the only other one that I'd want to remove, like Mark, might just actually take my entire head off my shoulders. So, <laughs> well, no, um... I'm not going to do that. I will be more than happy to articulate why I think that Celeste <laughs> could remain on here. Yeah, and, and and I I probably would would end up agreeing with you as well hi oh, it's really hard like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna turn heel on myself i'm gonna take off captain spirit um that's because i'm I gonna eliminate i guess that like i think i'm the person that loved it the most and i think it deals with some really some really dark issues and now, if I told you, like, this is a, a video game that starts and within the first half an hour, it's pretty, you're pretty aware that you are playing uh, a small boy who's in a situation with an abusive father who's an alcoholic and a bit messed up. I think, I think a lot of people would be turned off by that. But you know what? It, it, it finds ways to, to not, like, trifle or belittle those issues. It actually kind of, the situation that you're in and the awareness of what's going on it, it, it all makes sense and like the the little boy in it is such a strong character like he he's so endearing he has like a genuine level of innocence about him um like you know you're just essentially trying to sort out ways for him to play and be the the superhero that he's invented captain spirit which is cool uh, and as you delve in, like you kind of realize that like some horrible shit had happened with with his mum. Like they, I, I won't go into it too much, but she's kind of not around. Um, so that's kind of like a life is strange uh, trope, obviously. We have a similar thing with um, with Max in the first game. I'm sorry, and Chloe in the first game rather. So uh, I really like this game. Um, I really think it's a nice contained story and I, I abs- it will take you three or four hours to get through it. Just watch it on YouTube even and and you will really enjoy it. it it's great and play it by all means. But yeah, I I can't see it hanging with Titans and, and Passion Projects in here. So. Yeah. Sorry, I feel like I, I, if only I had gotten to this in Life is Strange, I feel like Jack might have a bit yeah. more backup I, on this. I, but I, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I I have beaten it and I quite like it. I just it's a case of I don't like it as as much as the other games I played here. Oh, it's brilliant and there's such a great moment at the end um where it kind of it gives a little bit of that surreal life is strange element to it of like there might be just a little bit deeper to this world than you initially think and then it kind of crosses over nicely with like the two main characters um, from Life is Strange uh, season two make like a little cameo and it, it just it's an, a nice tight contained package and a really good way to get you excited for a game. And I actually think that it it's probably um, a better whole than Life is Strange uh, episode one. So I'm sh- sure like 
to, to have the whole thing as a, as a complete narrative, it will be better, and it might have scored higher, but yeah. By a captain spirit, I liked you at least. Marco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's uh, this one's not easy. Um, oh boy. Uh, I very much liked what you had to say about where the water tastes like wine, so even though I haven't played that, um, I'm not going to uh, go at that. Um, I have three games here that I have played. So, um, out of the three, if I'm going to talk about what one, I guess, had the least amount of impact on me uh, as a story, I would probably go with Spider-Man. I, I'm going to jump in back here and I'm going to say I agree with that choice. That was yeah. Good. Oh, no, why are you Yeah, doing? like, I don't, look, I don't... I it's love tough. the story of Spider-Man. I, I, I really love it. I love the story of Spider-Man. And Spider-Man is very satisfying. But I don't know... <clears throat> to me, at this point, it's either... There's one game I've literally only five minutes into, so I can't really talk about Celeste. But of the games I have played at this point, I'd either be getting rid of Spider-Man or Red Dead. I mean, you can't get rid of Red Dead. <laughs> well... <laughs> Just, just has... for the sake of my own personal choices, I like I prefer the story of God of War and where the water tastes like wine to everything else on the list. So it would have either been Spider-Man or Red Dead for me. So uh, oh. I, I'm okay seeing Spider-Man go here. Sorry, Jack. It's, guys, it's it's so good. Like they my... they did a Spider-Man game and the story I... was was really really good. My my oh. thing. My thing, and it, it could be, um, again, very much a, a personal thing, and the fact that um, I don't come into uh, comic book adaptations, whether it be film or whether it be uh, video games, with the uh, emotional investment that other people do, that are that much that are that much more invested into um, the the lore, the stories, and everything that comes. Um, hi. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Jack. Um, so. But with that said, out of the three games, between God of War, between Celeste, between Spider-Man, um, I feel that uh, Spider-Man is just telling a story within the, the Spider-Man universe um, that e extrapolates from different points in the Spider-Man universe uh, and uses these characters um, that are, are very much established already. And it tells a very uh, well-written story. Um, but, uh, you know, there's no kind of real statement made from it where I feel that both God of War and both Celeste for different reasons in, in terms of execution uh, are actually kind of addressing um, different issues that I, I feel um, I don't know it gets to a much more on an emotional level um, with the exception obviously of um, the bit with Miles Morales and his father um, that bit is obviously very impactful but I don't know I just I, I got more on an emotional level on a um, in terms of the storytelling which and I, I can have the conversation about Celeste at some point if I need to about how a 2D platformer manages to execute its storytelling and what it wants to get across as well as it does um, but I just I think out of those three it's the one that had the least impact on me in terms of story mm. alright so uh, Spider-Man is off sorry Jack uh, but it's so good it, it's so good 
Honestly, like any other year, I feel like this has got to be a top three candidate. Surely, like they nailed it. They did a they did a Spider Man game and they nailed the story. There's so many great yeah. moments. Like the subtle I... reveal of Dark Ark is brilliant. Like the whole I I really like the whole Mister Negative thing because yeah. he, he's really been miscast and and misused and in so many mm. comic book strands and and threads. And they really got him perfect here. See, I, I would personally have it ahead of Red Dead. Um, but what I would compare it to is I, I wouldn't call this like for me, God of War did something utterly surprising for me in terms of like taking a, 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 like a, a, a lore that, and a, a story in a game series that was known for one particular type of story, you know, angry man punches stuff and telling so, a completely different story. Uh, where the water tastes like wine was a really, really unique experience for me. Uh, and Celeste, obviously, I'm not I'm not really qualified to speak on. Uh, I think what I'd compare Marvel Spider-Man to in terms of story is like a really satisfying arc in a comic book as opposed to something that completely changed the game for me. You know what I mean? Sometimes things don't have to change the game, though. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably that probably happen- will be a conversation that will be had later with reference to this very game, I imagine. Sometimes things just have to be really good at what yeah. they are. Like if you have a re- everyone's had pizza, if you have a really good pizza, like it's satisfying in a, in a way that you you can't quite you can't quite put your finger on it. You've had a thousand pizzas in your life, but this is the one like that's made the impression on you. Well, and this is the this is the superhero game like that I've kind of always well, dreamed of playing. Can I can I put it to you this way, guys? Is there anyone here who would like fight really hard to keep Red Dead on longer than Spider Man? Yes. You uh, so yeah. you yourself. Okay. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, then Spider Man's gone. I, I haven't even I haven't even finished Red Dead, but the chops of what we got going are are uh, pretty incredible. Okay. Fine. Sorry, Jack. I, I tried. I, I made one last pitch to try and save it for you. I'm sorry. The Harry Osborn stuff as well. Oh my god. The reveal of that. So much good stuff going on. Uh, so that... <laughs> it hurts me. Physically. Sorry, Rod. That was Mark, so now we turn to Barry. Alright, I'm not saying this to cut it because I love it. Mark, I think it's time we have a Celeste chat. What yeah. where are we feeling? Let's 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 chat about Celeste because I'm with you, on Celeste. I think it's great. Let's 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 chat about it. All right, do you want to go first? I'm, I'm you know. Uh, I'll let you go first. I think you you seem more in on it than I am, but so you you can go. Okay, so we just go get a sandwich, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be repeating a lot of the stuff that I've said um, from last week's show and when I originally uh, discussed the game um, way back when in fucking January now. Um, the incredible thing about Celeste is that this is a, a, a 2D platformer, you know, within the likes of Super Meat Boy, uh, Mario, whatever you want to kind of compare it to in that genre of 2D platformers. But unlike all of those, it actually, for the first time that I can remember, attempts to tell uh, a, a, a weighty, serious story that isn't just the princesses in another castle. And the thing with... Um, platformers uh, or games of this nature is that it's difficult to uh, implement story because um, and this kind of goes for video games in general that uh, uh, for me personally story can immediately get in the way of um, gameplay and one of the things about a game is you don't want to break up the flow of the game 
Um, this is why games like Half-Life are, are and, and first-person shooters of that nature are revered so well because you know the the gameplay you are in the game and the story happens at the same time and there isn't really that break. Um, and it's you know why fucking Metal Gear Solid to this day infuriates me. But story for another day. Uh, Celeste manages to. Don't the... kick me while I'm down about Spider-Man. <laughs> Celeste manages to hit that fine line of telling enough of a story without ever breaking the, the flow of the gameplay. Because um, that is still the, the core crux of the game, is the platforming. And the just incredible uh, level design that goes throughout and the way that escalates, which we'll talk about later. But this is simply a story which, in a, in a kind of grand scheme of things, is just a big old metaphor about overcoming um, obstacles and in this case here you know the the uh, sheer thing about Celeste is you are climbing this mountain to get to the top um, and at the start there isn't really kind of much rhyme or reason it's just this girl's just like I want to climb to the top uh, and then you realize as you're going throughout that this is someone who is de dealing with a lot of um, issues in terms of self-esteem um, there's uh, anxiety there's even depression um, and you just don't expect it from a platformer. Um, and what it does, which is really clever, is it incorporates elements of the gameplay design into the story. So there is a, a kind of version of you um, that uh, you meet early on through a mirror who tells you, look, you can't do this. Let's just turn back now. You know you can't do this. And the real you is like, no, fuck you, I can do this. And then you have um, a gameplay mechanic where the other side of you chases you uh, or kind of follows your movement so you have to do the kind of platforming that you're doing while you have this um, version of you that is following your footsteps so you have to make sure that you don't kind of crash into that version of you otherwise you have to start level over again and it's really clever how it does that kind of thing where it takes the the weighty topics that it's discussing but also incorporates it into um, you know just 2D platforming and it surprised me from beginning to end um, how it has uh, these kind of arcs and um, you know the the moments where you you fall f kind of high up from the mountain and you kind of have to rebuild yourself back up and you have to uh, face that version of you and kind of make peace with that version of you to then work together to make your way back up to the top of the mountain and I just I think it's a, a really beautiful wonderfully crafted uh, story that is pretty simple in its execution but i think it's actually very very impactful and i i think what i like about it as well is that i think they realize the limitations of the genre in in telling a story like you really you can't be overly verbose you can't you you have to in a way weave it into the gameplay in a way that feels natural because people don't want their their classic 2d style platformer to be bogged down in that stuff and it, it's kind of you know it's art from adversity in a way they they the, the the brevity of the story is is one of its its strengths in the way every every bit of dialogue has purpose there's no the pacing of the game is still great it's 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 really great it's something that i think a lot of games in in a lot of other genres could 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 learn from um because there's no wasted time there's no wasted dialogue it, it's not needlessly verbose um I think it's a really, really, really strong effort. I think it's a strong effort in general, and I think it's um, uh, uh, um, a strong effort specifically within the the caveat of, of what the genre is. I mean, it's 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 a hell of a thing. Um, so I realize I've kind of brought something up there that I'm not necessarily going to cut. 
Um, uh, but I feel like you know I wanted to get I wanted to get all the the, the cards on the table for the passion projects because we heard the we heard the where water tastes like wine speech we've heard the Celeste speech I think pretty much everyone kind of knows the lay of the land with Red Dead and God of War I just kind of wanted to mm. to get those pieces said um, and this is it's going to be the tricky one because you've got a, a game here that tells a story but it's not um you know kind of heavy on narrative um where you have the likes of god of war and red dead redemption they're gonna have these kind of big lengthy uh cut scenes and there's voice acting and you know there's thousands and thousands of lines of dialogue so it's you know it, it does come down to uh purely a, a, a preference on what you what your kind of flavor of video game is um and i'm not gonna um totally die on the hill because I, you know, I'm not going to try and convince Jack or Dave um, that the way that Celeste executes his story is better than the way that God of War: Red Dead Redemption Two does. Um, but I think that for what Celeste is trying to do, I think it does it fucking incredibly. Uh, okay, um, Dave. Hello. Are you, are you satiated enough with where where the water tastes like wine with its placement now, or or it outlasted Spider-Man? If you guys want to take your passion project out, I'll take mine out, and we'll call them a draw. Okay, as, okay. I have yes. had to take two of my passion projects yeah. out. So Jack, Jack has Jack has fallen on a sword and then down the stairs in this category. So I think I think the honourable thing for us all to do here, because I think. I think where the water tastes like wine is exceptional and would fight very hard for it. And I think you guys feel very passionately about Celeste and would fight hard for it, but I don't think we're going to get a unanimous decision on either of them. Whereas I think kind of more more objectively, not only within the panel, but I think more kind of broadly in general with people, I think God of War and Red Dead Redemption 2 are kind of... I think we all enjoyed both of them enough, or those of us who played them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I think that's fair. Um, that's a diplomatic thing to do at this point, maybe, is to eliminate both of them, and then we can we can all say ours was the one that finished third, and the other ones was the one that finished fourth. See, the only thing with me is that then at this point I have two games left, and I've only played one of them, so that kind of it makes getting towards the end of this a little bit more tricky for me, but. Um, I am as happy to defend uh, God of War because I do think that God of War is is still uh, an incredible game in terms of uh, the story that it tells and, and how it uh, approaches its themes. So, um, yeah, sure. The, the, we're, that's where we okay. are. Okay, we're down to a straight vote and kind of as Barry had said, uh, we've kind of done the speeches for God of War. Uh I suppose we could briefly talk about um, Red Dead 2, uh, the, the story in that. Jack, have you finished it now? Yes. So I'm deep into Chapter 6, so I haven't quite finished it yet. Um, but could you give us, like, maybe just for the for the sake of time, maybe just, like, a minute on, on <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2? Uh, just kind of without spoiling it. Uh, and we'll, we'll go to a vote. No oh pressure. my goodness! Oh my goodness me! <laughs> we, we, we've, we've eliminated all your faves, and now we're putting you on the spot. <laughs> Red... <laughs> Love it. Red Dead Redemption Two is it's an it's an arc of of a man 
who realizes that he's becoming a bit outmoded he's a bit of a dinosaur his way of life is coming to an end he's starting to have serious doubts about people that he had his faith in and that he trusted and he's gradually becoming more accepting of those facts as we're moving through the story he starts seeing crazy things going on around him he loses people that he loves he realizes that there there are people around him that he can't keep in his life because of everything that's happening with him and he just has to soldier on and make the right call and i started off playing this game and i know like i made you laugh dave because i was just murdering people relentlessly but the more i got to know arthur i stopped doing it and in the end i actually got the trophy for getting max honor because i just the story just revolves around him to the point where you get to chapter six and the word redemption in the title is the most apt word you can say it's a man who realizes something really shitty is happening and he's doing everything that he can to try and make the world a little bit of a better place to try and atone for some of the mistakes that he's made and to try and really leave like a lasting legacy on on the people around him and the world that the world that it has become the way it has become the way it's changed um, and that's not without giving away key things that I think would have more impact when I was trying to make an argument. But before I finished all of the story, I would have had God of War number one with a bullet. <clears throat> but towards the end of Red Dead, it, it really got to me. Um, and it had a big impact on me. And then it transitioned really nicely into the epilogue. Um, and then it just made me want to go back and play the first game again because they link the stories so beautifully. Um, and yeah, I I love it. I think it's amazing. And I think Arthur is one of my favorite characters from a game in, in a long, long time. Mm. Everything about the way that he's written, his actions, um, the the brilliant performance by the guy that, that played him and i know he won one of the keely awards the one of the game of the year awards the guy the, the vocal performance because it was just excellent um yeah uh i'm always gonna remember arthur he's he's one of my favorite characters from from any game in a way that i i like john marston a lot in the first game i like john marston still in this game but arthur's just an absolute ledge he's a gen by the end of the game and it's hard not to love him and yeah that's my my passioned speech and yeah I, here we go I, I gotta say just as we go um towards the vote here that i yeah like i think that last statement in particular rings really true uh for me of what jack said in that i probably had god of war um, Spider-Man where the water tastes like wine as my top three for a long time this year um, but Red Dead 2 when you get deep into the game early on I see the concerns a lot of people have about like how slow and plodding the pace is um, but I think the more you get into the game and the more you get towards that, that chapter 6 um, you start to see that really like as well as the fact that that never really bothered me in the first place you see that it was crucial to set the table for the events that occur that by the time this happens 
you're you're really in your you're legitimately i would say and jack you can disagree with you want i would say legitimately properly emotionally invested in almost <laughs> every character yeah within... you can tell from the way i was just speaking yeah. <laughs> like yeah. i mean it's the side characters as well like yeah um the, the irish guy sean is just mm. oh he's brilliant like he's so funny uh lenny is great uh you know, you kind of like the the sort of offhand swag that Dutch has and Tilly. You know, you have a moment with all of these characters in the game. Like, they're not just people walking around the campsite. They are parts of the story, and they all have their moments to shine in various ways. And they're not all good. They're not all people that you like. And you figure it out towards the end of the game which ones are the ones that are solid. Sadie, by the way, is the one of the best strong female characters I've seen in a video game in years. She is fucking great. Yeah, I, I don't think I've gotten a story where she really kicks into another gear, but already, based on what I've seen, I'm really digging her. Oh, she's fantastic, mate. And and by the end of the story, you you will just love her. Absolutely. She's she's class. I love Sadie so much. Had to give her a mention. Yeah. Um, I think what it comes down to here for me is... I think the more surprising package is God of War because given where that franchise was, I don't think we expected it to be this good in terms of story. And there are certainly moments discussed in the previous category that are fantastic. On the whole, I think the writing in Red Dead 2 is just at a different level. Um, I think in terms of the depth, the breadth of the story that's told and the, the characterization to the point where, uh, and not only storytelling in the way that literally just the bones of the story are put on and written, but the way in which it is performed, I think there's an additional level, much as I think the, the performances overall are improved in God of War this year. I think the the, the way the story is told through the actor um, in, in Red Dead Redemption 2 is just, it just pips ahead for me. And it, even if sometimes the gameplay is a little frustrating, just it, the, the, the absolute mastery of how that story is crafted really will endure with me long after I finish the game. So um, let's take it to a vote. And I'm up first, and I will vote for Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, Jack? I will also vote for Red Dead Redemption 2, but I've got to say, if God of War does win, I have no fucking issues with that. That's a fantastic story as well. So, yeah. Mark O. As it's the one I've played, I will go with God of War. Barry. Uh, I, even though I haven't finished it, I can't argue against Red Dead. Uh, I'll be voting for that. I, I, <sighs> I thought we were going to go to the tiebreaker. <laughs> oh, I love, I've loved what I've seen. I, think I have a lot of problems with Red Dead, and I feel like none of them tie to the story. I feel like every time the story yeah. is in... I'm just loving it, um, and, and based on and I, I also I also took Jack's you know uh, 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 speech there into effect. I I, I, I trust that it is going to ramp up and and continue to deliver the goods. So I, I, I yeah yeah I'm yeah. in on that. That's it. Like you won't remember the fucking animation of getting on your horse for like thirty seconds in a few years <laughs> time, but you will remember the storyline. Like. If there's any category that like Red Dead is cut out to win, I, I feel like this is the the thing in the game they got the most right of everything. It's so good. Yeah. Right, so then our winner for best story, Red Dead Redemption 2.
back of the net. Okay, our final topic for discussion on part one. We're starting to we're starting to get a bit of cramp. We need the, the halftime slice of orange, so good thing uh, the break is just about to come up. Our final topic for part one, best looking game. This is a, an award that's kind of uh, given to any aspect of the, the kind of the, the aesthetics of a video game. Our previous winners, uh, 2015, funnily enough, the Order 1886, the only award that would ever have a hope in hell. Oh, what a shite game that was. <laughs> I don't know what Yumi and Brian were smoking that year, but I suppose it was an immaculate looking game, if nothing else, and it was nothing else. Just because he's not here, let's blame Brian. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Even though he hated that game more than words could ever describe. <laughs> um 2016 joint winners of Overwatch and Hyper Light Drifter, and something in the back of my head tells me Barry might have had a part to play in Overwatch. Uh, uh, yeah, I can't remember that discussion, but possibly, yeah. yeah. Hyper Light uh, Drifter looked cool as fuck as well, though. Like, yeah, damn right it was. Um, Dave, are you, are you seeing my, my PlayStation Life thing I posted? <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. Did you I see mine? Apparently, I've played 100 hours of Overwatch. Holy shit, I did. I mean, like, in hindsight, I'm like, eh, I guess I did. Yeah, I really liked that when it came out. Yeah, Barry, I played 705 hours of FIFA 17. <laughs> I, oh, <laughs> you think God. you've got problems. In my defense, that was during the calendar year that I was unemployed for the entirety of it and my girlfriend lived in a different country. So if there was ever going to be a year where I didn't go outside, that was the one. I now don't feel bad about losing two or three games of FIFA to you at all. Yeah. <laughs> that is impressive. Just I to think... be really on brand, my top three were Final Fantasy XII, Final Fantasy 15 and Milk is Solid 5. Brian nearly had, uh, nearly was able to catch me with my hour total with both Fallout 4 and The Division. And bear in mind, that's just on PlayStation. He also had both those games on Xbox and maxed out all character slots. So over both consoles, he's way ahead of me. Um, so let that just simmer in. Anyway, I don't know how we got onto that. Uh, this 27... is like burying Brian. I feel really bad. I like Brian. Brian's great. Uh, 2017's winner of best looking game was, to no surprise, Cuphead. Uh, the best looking game nominees for 2018 are God of War, Yoku's Island Express, Octopath Traveler, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, uh, Guacamelee 2, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Tetris Effect, Astrobot Rescue Mission, Onrush, Red Dead Redemption, Minute, and Far Cry 5. Right, seeing as this is the fifth category, we'll go back to the original uh, kind of running order for knocking stuff off, which means we're going with Mark. Uh, I don't think Onrush looks that great. It looks pretty good. It's it's okay, but yeah, it, yeah. I, I, I think it has style. It has he has style. style to it, but I don't think um, it you know in in no way did I play it and was kind of bowled over by its visuals. Yeah, I I, I think it's kind of it's half. It's it's half of a candidate for style, and I, I, technically, I do think it's all right. That damage modeling and it's it's tropical settings. They pop with a bit of color and everything, but uh, yeah, it can go. It can go. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're getting rid of Onrush, and uh, let's keep this train going, Barry. Uh, Minus. It's very much a, a art direction. Yeah, it's very um, much and, style. Yeah, as and well. I love I love what that game is and how it looks, and it has yeah. it has a lot looks of like charm a fucking to it. Ascii game, like. yeah, it has a lot of charm to it as well, um, which it gets through its its minimal art direction, um, and I wouldn't want my game to look anything else yeah. other than the way it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I, I had a great time with 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 Minute, but uh, yeah. 
Also, if you keep coming for a minute as this show goes on, Barry, I'm, we're going to have words. Okay, well, you, you and I are going to have words because I, I played a minute. I was like, yeah, this is a nice little thing, and then I moved on. I did not really care about it one way or the other. So, uh, expect a that... call from me and Mark. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Look after you in an Al Pacino sort of way. Um, yeah, that's grand. We'll, we'll get rid of a minute at this point. Uh, and we'll go to Jack. Um, of the ones that are left, I I think that this, it looks cool, but um, I think there's a platform run here that looks cooler. So I'm going to take off Yuki's Island Express. Okay. Yeah, I I I really like the way that that game looks. It has um, yeah, great. A kind it does. Of, it, it has a very unique style to it. I don't think there's any other game that looks like it this year. Um, and the animation's very fluid. And um, Yoku himself, I think him. Um, maybe I just gender assumed. Um, it, it has one of the most charm, charming animations of the year, where it has like a little potty blower that it blows when it wants to say hello to someone. Um, a lot of the uh, character models, uh, just—it's a very kind of vibrant-looking game. Um, and the island just—it it comes alive, um, and it has a lot of different like settings. Um, and you know, it's not like a massive world, but you do feel there's. There's a lot of variation between the, the different environments, um, yeah. so it's 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 a really really pretty game. But uh, there, there's other stuff in here I'd fight for. If a Donkey Kong game looked like that, like everyone would be super hyped because I think it just looks like an amazing like the actual environment rather than Yoku. Obviously, looks like an amazing Donkey Kong game. Yeah, from when yeah, I was I watching some of it on YouTube, or almost I I was almost reminded of like a Rayman game almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. It's on to me, uh, and I feel I might make somebody unhappy with this. Um, the reason I'm going to pick this game, well, I will say for the one in the back of my head that I think is going to win this, I had one that was released er- quite early in the year that was number one with a bullet for me until two weeks ago. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. But the, the reason I'm going to pick this game is that... So there's two types of game definitely looking at this list. There are ones that are on this list because of the unbelievable kind of realism or visual fidelity that's going on. Um, And there are ones on here because they have a style. Um, And I think this is one of the kind of more uh, fidelity-heavy games. Um, And I think there are games that look better than it in that regard. And I don't think it has all that kind of revelatory a style either. So I'm going to knock Far Cry 5 off. Yeah, I thought that was what was going to happen. Yeah, I, um, I, I think it looks good, but it looks amazing. Yeah, like it, it really does. And I had so much fun just exploring the environment for the first few weeks of playing it. Mm. Uh, there's a game on here that does a big open world environment a shitload better. So, yeah. it's, I'm uh, fine for it to go. But it it is <laughs> that's the that and the soundtrack are the two best mm. like two categories where it deserves the best mention i think uh, I, i'm ready to fight along with you on, on soundtrack don't worry I, I think that's a great soundtrack so we'll have yeah. that fight Mark. Same. um i put it on and i'll be happy to take it off uh guacamole 2 is uh a, <laughs> oh i see after dark a very very pretty game um i don't think it does that much more really than the original um and I probably wouldn't have voted for the original, like when that came out as well. Uh, it has a, a, you know, for what that game is and the the theme and the, um, the culture of, of you know luchadors and Mexican wrestling, like it hits all of those beats. Um, yeah. 
and it's it's obviously a very pretty game and and the the animation and, and the combat all kind of comes together and is very fluid uh but yeah there are more striking games on here uh certainly when it comes yep. to combat and fluidity that, that we'll was, get to that was that was probably going to be the the rash the rationale i was going to use to knife it in the guts if it yeah, started yeah. pushing my stuff off the list so that that's cool uh barry oh man already tough already yeah. in extremely tough territory here uh, I mean, because there's, there's, like, games on here that I have no affinity for as games, but I can't, I mean, like, and um, just because I think the things it does well are, are done better by another game, uh, Assassin's Creed, I mean, I think, I think it's hard to be the gorgeous triple-A game in the in the Red Dead category. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's yeah. just... it's yeah. on, on, on another year, I didn't play Odyssey, but I played Origins, and it's a stunning game. I've heard Odyssey's even better looking. But it's just for the... for the, for the big, giant, bottomless, muddy pit game, uh, I don't know if they necessarily hang with, with Red Dead 2. I love the Greek art style of it. Like, it, it's a really, really cool... Um, choice that they went for on this like everything looks really rad but yeah it's not beating red dead is it and same with far cry like that sort of open wilderness i loved in far cry and then (laughs) red dead came along and i was like oh yeah okay that's how you do it and to be fair it's use of a certain culture's art style even under that heading i don't think it's beating god of war you know what I mean? Because I think like God yeah. of War's adaptation of the like the the kind of the the Norse uh, like gods into the way its world is built and the way it's kind of like the statues and everything like that and the way the world is kind of crumbling and stuff I think is 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 great as well. So plus yeah. I just you know kind of fuck that game a little bit as well. I... <laughs> <laughs> just a little. Oh, bit. we on personal now. Okay. Just a yeah, bit. just a little bit. Like not all the full way. Just a little bit. Oh. Jack, while you're telling games to get fucked off, uh, you're next. Oh, I'm going to piss you off big time here. Um, I or I feel like someone's going to get pissed off about this anyway, but I really just don't have that much of an affinity for the product, so uh, the Dragon Ball Fighter. I will fight you. I will <laughs> fucking fight you. I was like, Jack, I, look, look, I'm just saying, that was my number one. <laughs> Was yeah. it really? Yeah, that, uh, was. that game, not, that not game now. is stunning. You do not, not understand. Not now, but it was for most of the year ah, number ah. one. So I, Listen, I, we're, all, we're, all, we're all in agreement that anime is for fucking losers, okay? But I, I, I mean, I like I played Calibre that game. So. I played, I played that game for a half hour uh, with, a, with a, a young man by the name of Sean McGee in Liverpool earlier this year, and even having no affinity for Dragon Ball or even fighting games if I'm being honest I was just floored by it. like seeing it in motion with your own two eyes it's stunning Honestly, I mean it is unbelievable you know what people say about like you need to actually experience VR for yourself to understand VR it's kind of yeah. a similar thing where you need to just sit down and play Dragon Ball Fighters and just see just how that fucking game looks I, because it's a fighting game I didn't play it for as long as other games of this category but in terms of style it, it's it's really really tough to beat so like do you want to take another swing jack take something else off no i fucking stand by that okay um... <laughs> <laughs> okay fine if you guys are gonna get difficult about it um i 
I didn't play this, even though I was told to play this. Um, yeah, but it's, it's kind of a derivative style um, from a game style that I really like that has been done better in the past. So Octopath Traveler, they've already highlighted it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where it was going. <laughs> yeah, uh, and listen, that looks really fucking cool. Um, yeah. I love the old school yeah. RPG style. I am a huge mark for that. Um, but it's derivative. And of the ones that are left, it, you can't really say that it's stronger than any of them. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I could have I could have made a fight through because it has that sort of um, kind of like pop up book sort of art style to it, and yeah. it's it, it's incredible. And I could definitely see um, a lot of uh, publications and, and uh, game journalists like making. I I, I could see that winning uh, best yeah. art style, and it, you know, if it did win, if it does win in in other publications, like I'm not gonna argue with it because uh, I think it. it it fucking looks incredible, you know. <laughs> mm. It does, but it's that style's been. I think that's been done and better over the years. But hey, um, yeah, I think I put that on the list. But uh, and much as I do think, I think Jack, <laughs> when you play this game, it's going to be your 2019's game of not 2019. Yeah. Uh, it's like it is such a Jack Lazell game. I'm, I'm surprised to see that one go, but it's what I mean. What a category! It's so yeah. tough. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fight for it over the one I really want to win. Um, um, so next um, is me, and I'm going to eliminate as one of I was one of only two people on this panel who's played this game. I'm sorry I got to do this to our baby Barry, but uh, I think Astrobot has to go. Yeah, I guess on on, on a mega competitive category stuff that hasn't been played by everyone's probably going to struggle mm. just because it's so tough but astrobot is so gorgeous like it's, astrobot it's so good is, it's so pretty it made it made me not to undermine it completely by by saying i want something else from another company but it made me wish nintendo got on the vr bandwagon in the near future because it is nintendo-esque and when i say nintendo-esque i don't mean oh it's it's like Nintendo, but not as good. I mean, this is as charming and colorful and beautiful as a, as a first-party Nintendo game. It's yeah. just, it's bouncy and it's joyful. It's a real pick-me-up game. It's it's just super, super, super charming and, and technically great as well as you kind of, that's kind of like a mandatory thing to be a VR game. But um, but yeah, Astrobot's great. Astrobot's really, really great. Uh, but I, I, I can see it going. That's fine. Mark. Oh boy. Um Okay, so we've got <laughs> Jesus. We've got two two really real like just unbelievably pristine looking games. Yeah, you and the the like the nth degree of style as well yeah, for two of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um I tell you what. I'm not striking it off. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have the conversation brought to me. I've I've watched footage of it. Um, I feel like it's a, another game similar to Dragon Ball Fighters, in where you kind of really need to sit down to really get the the feel of it and and the visuals and the sounds and everything together. Sell Tetris Effect to me. Uh, my argument to anyone trying to eliminate this from the list is go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Indeed, I'm sold. Uh, okay, pretty much. Funnily enough, I had uh, a similar thing for Dragon Ball Fighters as well. So. Yeah, yeah, so, like, my description of this game has alternated between it's like being inside a lava lamp, or it's, even though I've never taken any, it feels like what the good drugs are probably like. Um, 
this game is so and, and Barry's been getting real into it uh, over the last few days it has delighted me to see someone I know playing it and hopefully <clears throat> I think that the only real barrier to it is is just the price point is, is real saucy at this point um, that's why I haven't bought it yeah. uh, I, I just can't justify it's just Tetris I love it but it but it's not you know what I mean like it is but it's like this game is so it's not like, worth that much of a high cut if like, there's... I, I'm not arguing from the way it yeah. looks because it looks impeccable, but it's not worth the money at the moment to me. There, there is no game on this list of on which style is a more key pillar than Tetris Effect because I think a good Dragon Ball fighting game, as much as like the style is kind of a great bonus on top, it like it looks great and it's it, like I said, it was my number one until I played Tetris Effect. There's just something about this game that is just... It's like a, a massage for my eyes. It's like... And it also has the rare X factor of... And this also applies to its contention for music, is that it's... Mm-hmm. The way it looks is tied to the game. It's a, it's an incredible game for feedback when you're doing something. Yeah, uh, the, the game's uh, visuals and music respond to you turning pieces and clearing lines and... And, and, and clearing a certain amount of lines causes the stage to evolve, and that typically, you know, it, it involves getting more spectacular and intricate. And it's just—I mean, I feel like this has kind of been the, the particle physics generation. I mean, like Resogun and a lot of stuff like that, lots of uh, sparks and, and and things like that. But like the final level in particular, there is so much going on in the screen. It's almost, from a gameplay standpoint, it's almost a little bit too much because you, 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 the game is kind of getting swallowed up. But it is—it is just. It is like eye-meltingly great in and out of VR. That's the thing. I, I yeah. mentioned this the big pro VR game, but but um, obviously the PSVR has its kind of resolution issues. It's not the sharpest image, but just playing it on your television with at, at you know the full resolution, everything's so crisp. It just pops. Mm-hmm. Colors. It's like I can't imagine if you're playing this on a pro on a HDR oh, uh, I, I, on television. It must sorry, just I, I, it I, must I, melt your screen or something. Like I don't I, know. It is. It has single-handedly justified my ludicrous purchase of a 4K TV. <laughs> That's a great feeling, though. I'm, I'm, I imagine. Oh my god! Like I, I'll put it to you this way, guys. Like I don't want to. If if anyone here feels really strongly about Red Dead or God of War, like they feel like unbelievable achievements in terms of like looking like a fucking photograph or like an actual movie, but the best word I can use to describe Tetris Effect is special. Like, I, I can't believe that I want to argue this strongly for a fucking Tetris game to win awards on Game of the Year. Like, it's 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 so unbelievable. It's a thing where it's one of those games where, <clears throat> especially when it comes down to a price where all of you guys will get it. It's the kind of game and, and like Barry may back well back me up on this one or not. But if you've had like a, a hard day at work or whatever like that and you just need to like just uh, just relax like you can f- you as you play this game and as like the spacey visuals and we'll talk about the music as well later as the kind of spacey visuals and the kind of trippy colors and the things that are happening both on the board and behind the board as well are happening you can just like feel yourself almost sink into your chair and as Barry said, the VR, the immersion of VR is unreal as well. But just having that thing on a big ass TV, cranking the volume and just putting the phone down, not having a podcast on or anything like that, like you normally would with a simple Tetris game. It's just it. 
its style and dovetail with the music that we are going to talk about, it just it pulls you in more than any of the games on this list for me by a considerable distance. Dragable Fighters is so pretty it makes me want to watch Evo. No, it doesn't. You Mark, you have that self destructive streak in you that like that doesn't you know what I mean? Like that's what, tell you might just tell do that to be mad sometime tell, anyway. I, what I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the Joker and I'm gonna snap the queue in half. And one one side of the queue is God of War and the other side of the queue is Red Dead Redemption two. I'm gonna throw them on the floor and leave you boys to it. I'll knife both of them sooner than I'd knife Detris Effect. How about all systems? No coup for you, Mark. <laughs> the, interesting, the interesting thing, though, about me and Dave as the pro Tetris Effect Alliance is that I'm I'm not... It's not my number one. I'll say that. Mm. Um, and I am also a pro fighter Z guy, but Tetris Effect is my number one. Like, I think with me, when I just... The six months prior to, to Dragon Ball Fighters coming out, and all I was seeing was like gifs of just this game and just like five second clips of just fucking trunks blowing the shit out of cell or something, and just the Ew. amount of stuff on screen that was happening in like f- just you know I've never been a fucking frame rate guy by any means, but just seeing just pure sixty frames per second of of mm. anime bliss and just thinking, all right, I mean, you know, I'm going to have to play this. But even that still did not compare to just sitting down like with Dave to, to play this over an evening mm-hmm. um, and playing it subsequently at work as well. Um, you know, I if I had this in Cuphead last year, I would probably pick Dragon Ball Fighters over Cuphead, which oh, no. is a pretty oh, fucking... No, I wouldn't. No, no. There's, just some I... takes. There's some takes happening now. Yeah. Oh, my but I God. Will, I will also say, you haven't actually... Like you haven't played Tetris Effect. No, right? I haven't played Tetris Effect. You yeah. see, I I think Barry, do you, would you agree that I think uh, like the visuals are when you're actually f- kind of forced to engage with it by playing it, and you're that little bit more immersed. I think the visuals take over even more to me. I don't think this is a game that I didn't really get it when I was just watching like the giant bomb quick look. But yes, absolutely. Because I like yeah. Tetris, it made me want to jump on. I think it came down by like five or ten euro for a weekend there. And that's when I jumped on it because I knew I was getting the VR headset. Um, can we just say, like, before we kind of, we could be talking about this for ages. Are we all kind of of a view that whatever order it's in, Dragon Ball and Tetris are one and two? No, not even slightly. <laughs> they are three and four for me. This is where I need to turn heel on Dave a little bit. Uh, my my one and two are Dragon Ball and Red Dead. Ah. Listen, Red Dead, again, much like the story, for all my issues with it, to this to this week, you know, however many months we are after release, I'm I'm literally floored by that game every time I play it. It's unbelievable yes. looking. It is yeah. it's uh, it is a technical masterpiece that feels like it's a full generation ahead of its time. It is stunning to look at artistically and technically and animation wise i mean it's it's like that you could you could sit here we could talk for another three hours about this game alone i mean and i think that versus a a, a borderline all-timer style wise with dragon ball i think I'm, I'm perfectly happy with either of those and i love tetris effect like i actually sat after finishing it yesterday was it yeah it was actually just yesterday i finished it i sat and i played with the 
excuse me, the theater mode for a while, which is literally just they take out the game and your button prompts still do the same visual ticks and audio ticks that, that they do in the game, but there's no actual gameplay. So it's literally just stimulate this level as 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 much as you like get the advancements hear the hear the spells and whistles like that's how good looking it is that i actually did that for a while but i i I can't i can't put it stylistically or technically or or by any other metric i don't know that i can put it above either these two even though it is excellent in its own regard and hey if we if we were doing a ranked if we were doing a ranked list it's my number three but um but yeah man i i what's what's the feeling feeling on red dead uh, um, Red Dead is just—it's—it's it, visually perfect, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, and it's—it's it's almost like, do you go for something that is perfect, or you, do you go for something that has a very specific art style? That's kind of like the, you know, custom-written music versus soundtrack argument, where it's like you, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just whatever one that you think feels right. Mm-hmm. Red Dead is my number one in this category. Uh, so the the way I, wild, I'm wild. The, the way I'm reading the room here, apart from the fact that Barry's dead to me, is um, <laughs> is he red dead is, to you? Is that where yeah, he's red dead to me? Um, is that we're pretty much only getting is it like one strong vote for God of War to win? If that no, actually we're not because is anyone's number one God of War? No, I, I think no. uh, out of the four that are left, I think God of War is actually kind of the one that's kind of on the wayside yeah and then because barry has abandoned me um tetris effect is i'm on my own on that one um and oh when you two play tetris effect you will rue the day you will rue the day i don't think i i've i look i i don't think i Jack, will. you're coming over in february <laughs> i know <laughs> that's, yeah, like that's two months away we're talking live in the now no, Jack, you're going to have a healthy session of why you were wrong in February, let me tell you. <laughs> but, I love Tetris, but it came out <laughs> like three decades ago, yeah. mate. In fact, so did Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah which is why I'm not putting Dragon Ball Z on the top either. <laughs> um, so we're at Dragon Ball and Red Dead, and I think we got... Have we got... Will we just go around and vote then, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I don't know which way I'm going to vote. I'm going to decide literally when it comes out of my mouth. Okay, Mark. It's Rock the Dragon, Dragon Ball Z. Barry. Red Dead. You fucking garbage man. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> He's turned heel on everybody. Yes. Oh, Barry. No friends. Barry, it feels good, mate. It feels good. <laughs> <laughs> Pair of fucking Judas's. This is what it was like last year when what was it? Everyone abandoned me on at the last minute. Um, <laughs> and Mark was the last one to jump off as well, and it was fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Jack. Red Dead Redemption Two. Okay, so that's two for Red Dead, one for Dragon Ball. I think because it was my number one for so long, and in the interest of fairness. Quote Vince McMahon. Uh, I will go for Dragon Ball Fighter Z, and for the first time to conclude part one, we will oh! go to the the great public. In our response for prettiest game, which can be awarded for any art style or other element of visual presentation, our contenders are Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Red Dead Redemption Two, and. With a 36% share of the vote, 
the winner for prettiest game of 2018 is Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Oh, have it. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. I did not see that. I did not that see that coming. The more, stagger- the more staggering result here is that Red Dead Redemption got 8% of the vote. Wow. 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 Wait. Second place was Octopaths. All your motherfuckers. <laughs> fucking oh, shut wow. up. The, the people are on some bullshit this year. Wow. I'm telling you, Octopath is going to do well elsewhere. I, I have a feeling. And you know what as well? Red Dead got the exact same amount of votes as Tetris Effect, so you can all eat shit. <laughs> How many of those did you fill out yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Not enough. Not enough. There's VPNs being used here. I, I can feel it. Yeah. Oh, that was good. It's what a dramatic end to that category. In this. Guys, just, just for that one moment, I'm so happy we decided on this tiebreaker thing. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good call, yeah. I am, that was dramatic. I'm appalled by this decision. <laughs> we'll go to the judges' score before part two. Anyway, so when we come to do this in 2019, Jack's gonna see like 2017 Cuphead, 2018 Dragon Ball Fighters, and she's gonna <laughs> scream into the microphone. I am gonna. I am. Yeah, I'll be human. Uh, right. So officially, 2018 best looking game: Dragon Ball Fighter Z. That is going to bring to a close part one of the Link to the Cast Game of the Year deliberations. Uh, We'll be back very soon with part two, which will include best music, score or soundtrack. The Peter Willington Memorial It's Like a Ham Sandwich or Keen Award for OKest Game. 2018's Game of Not 2018, best multiplayer game and of course 2018's game of the year so stay tuned to link to the cast at wordpress.com keep subscribed to the podcast follow us on twitter at link to the cast um yeah we shall see you all very soon with the final part of game of the year 2018 Don't you cry.